following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. You are now listening to Lucha Outsider Show, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. At Lucha Outsiders, everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Lucha Actually, I was using that before LA night, uh, more or less, but we were using yeah for the past six years. Yeah! This <laughs> <laughs> my drink, guys, in the beginning. Oh, God. <laughs> it does feel good to be back, reunited as a trio, okay? Reunited and... Yeah. yeah. It's been a while. It's been a fucking while that we've been in studio. Yeah. You know, uh, Leo is physically here. Yeah, it's, you know it's 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 been a long time, man. I heard a couple of shows I was there emotionally, but not physically. <laughs> Leo, how are you? And put my volumes up, please. It's up there. Uh, no? Leo, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm all right. Uh, I've actually been uh, really enjoying LA Night. Not because we do the yeah thing, but uh, I've been enjoying his stuff. So uh, yeah, and I've been watching a little bit of wrestling too. So yeah, LA Night is super over. Yeah, um, good for him. But I don't think we're going to be talking much about no. L.A. Night in this episode. Ryan, how are you? No, I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you? Uh, you're finally back. You're, you know, fresh off your trip oh, to Chicago. Oh, you got yeah. stories galore. Oh. You've got a big smile on your face. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know if I'm as good as you, but. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's uh, there's things happening in my life. And I'm in a good place. I'm in a good place. And Chicago is great. Okay. Chicago was a great time, and um, yeah. Listen, I got no complaints, and we're gonna we're gonna get into all the Chicago stuff. I feel like in today's episode, I'm gonna be Ryan because normally when Ryan goes away, whether it's like a WrestleMania or wherever he goes, right, he kind of takes over the show, and I kind of just let him go, and then I'll jump in when I have a question or whatever. I feel like this time roles are gonna be reversed because I'm gonna be talking and talking up a storm. Yeah, yeah, go for it, man. You deserve it. You know, it's your floor, so. Yeah, oh, enjoy it. I'll, I'll, I'll give you this one. I'll give you this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, well, listen, Ryan, obviously I want you to jump into it at any point also as well. But um, before we get started, because we haven't done this in a while, okay? We have not done this in a while. It's hashtag, I still have no sponsorship yet, Rebel Time. <laughs> 
hear the gulp. You know, this is a green gimmick, right? But for whatever reason, it looks orange. Because we take out the thing in the back. No, I understand that. But then it kind of matches my Young Bucks shirt right now. You see that? The there orange, you go. Orange, you know? Yeah. Wow, look at that. Look. And pr- and for the for those that are watching us, right, whether it's on YouTube or Facebook, yes, I am trolling specifically. That's why I'm wearing a Young Bucks shirt. To piss <laughs> some of the peckerheads off, okay? I'm doing that on purpose. That's what we do. You know, if you're new around here, this is what we do. Listen, we piss the peckerheads off. And I'm going to be pissing off a lot of people. Hey, listen, this is a new era of Lucha Outsider Show. I'm calling out names. I'm going Whoa, to be shit. talking shit on this Ooh. episode, okay? Get this em. episode, I will be naming people. Get them. We are starting off hot. Let me just say this. Some of you are very lucky I'm not on Twitter, okay? Because I would verbally uh, annihilate you. Yeah, and you guys are lucky that I'm not on Twitter as much as I was. Complete assassination from me. But we're not going to get there yet, all right? I want to start off the the show positive, all right? Very positive. Okay, Chicago. I flew out Thursday, okay? Uh, Shout-outs to Teddy and Sergio. Good brother, Sergio. They picked me up from the airport, and then we kind of went to breakfast. We met up with Lo and my friend Iridian. We had a luxurious breakfast. I can't think of the name right now. I think the place is called... I think the place is called Stacks, and it's in like a very hipster area in Chicago. Is it like pancakes? Yeah, they got pancakes there. They got some really uh, uh, delicious omelets. Uh, uh, But, you know, the drinks are good, too. Okay? There's a lot lot going on at Stacks. I believe that's the name. Of the place, if uh, I'm wrong, you know, I, I give myself the button. Iridian and Teddy, please, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. But I believe the place is called, is called Stacks. I found one Mr. Stacks in Chicago Heights. I don't think that's it. Not Mr. Stacks, okay. I'm, I'm not even sure if the name is called Stacks. It might be called something else. <laughs> All right. Okay, so here we go. Uh, so we went to Stacks. We had a, a great breakfast. And then afterwards... We kind of all just, you know, chilled out for a bit because we had to, uh, we were going to have dinner together. And originally, what some of us wanted to do is normally for all out weekend, AEW does like this baseball gimmick. It's kind of like a celebrity, you know, oh, yeah. for talent. Yeah, they, yeah. they do that. And Teddy and Sergio went to the one last year. We went to AEW last year, which was dope. We did not go to AEW this year. And then I think the first year they had it, I think both already and Teddy went. So I never. But what kind of baseball? Like in a, in a baseball stadium? Yeah, it's probably like in a small baseball stadium, and then you okay. have like some of the talent, you know, just face each other, which is cool. Oh, so they, you could, you oh could, so they actually had it this year? No, they didn't have it. They didn't have it. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, the, I think this is a – it would have been the third year if they would have done it, but they just didn't yeah. do it. So whatever. Yeah, um, we, yeah I remember that. That's, that's – uh, i never been. I actually had tickets to it one year. What was it? Um, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, when I went to Chicago for all that weekend, I had tickets to it, and then my flight got canceled, and then uh, I had to book another flight, and I had that long travel. Oh day, yeah, I remember that. Story. Not even. Uh, yeah, not even, yeah. But it, that always looks like a fun time. Yeah, I, I actually wouldn't have mine going, but they just didn't have it this year, which is whatever, yeah. no big deal. So at this point, we're like, "Fuck it, let's just all go to dinner." So we ended up going to dinner, and I can't think of the the spot's name. Um, Jeez, it, all right, what, what good are you? What good are you? You listen, know, I can't remember any of these names. You well, know, I'll remember. I'll listen. I'll, establishments. What kind of journalist are you? First of all, I'm not a. <laughs> first of all, I am not a journalist. Okay, you don't That's fancy okay. yourself as a journalist. <laughs> Absolutely not. I'm the most unprofessional broadcaster. What kind that, of unprofessional broadcaster are you that you can't remember names? Well, clearly, I'm being unprofessional because I can't remember <laughs> the name right now. Listen, Aridian Teddy, if you're listening to the show, please tell me. Listen, you know what? Shout out to the Rush Friends podcast because on the recent episode, I don't even think they remember the name that we went to the place. <laughs> okay, so it's not just us. 
Listen, fair and fair, and that's even worse because they live there. So, <laughs> and but you know what? It's their first time there too. Okay. Okay. So let, let me ask you then: How do you? So I guess like they plan these trips out because they 1, know these places, right? So thousand like, percent, they plan things out. You just go with the flow. And just go with the flow. You know, you that's had awesome. Low coming from Vegas. You have Casey and yep. Raul coming from Texas. I'm coming from Jersey. We all just get yep. together, and then already pretty much sets out the format. This is what we're doing. Cool. Sends out the itinerary, says, yeah. listen, whether what? you guys like it or not, this is what we're freaking doing. You know, if you don't like it, you stay in Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, she also gets input from us, right? She goes like, hey, is this going to be cool? Are we going to do this? Does this time work for everyone? Of course. But she sets up everything, all right? What she, an MVP, as if she doesn't have enough on her plate. And I know. she had a busy weekend herself. She, so. yo, And she makes it on Canva, too. So then she sends it out on an email. Like, it's very profesh. Very, wow. very profesh. So we went to this Mexican restaurant in downtown Chicago. Listen, the place was great. The food was great. The service, mm-hmm. not so much. But the food and the drinks were great. Okay? No okay. complaints. Mm-hmm. Afterwards, we went to this park that had, like, this big-ass fountain. It's, like, near the Silver Bean. It's not too oh, far from the yeah, Silver yeah. Bean, all right? And this fountain, let me tell you, it looked like something out of Disney World, all right? The fountain had, like, music playing. <laughs> Like show tunes, it felt like it felt like very Looney Tunes and Jace. Like you were watching like an episode of Looney Tunes. Like the music that it was playing. I think at one point it played Claudio's theme. Like it was just like a lot of like production, and then the colors and the, the water. And at one point, I even told the crew, I was like, "This water, like this water, has like a full blown erection at this point." All right, because it was just <laughs> just straight, just going and going. Okay, but it was a great time. Like we were there for like a good like forty five minutes. Wow. Just like just enjoying like the views and stuff. And listen, like I and I've said this time to time, I just love the city of Chicago. It's just like yeah. listen, I love New York, but like I feel like when it comes to Chicago, it's a little bit more nicer. It, way when it more comes clean. To, way more cleaner. Like people ain't necessarily like douches. Like I'm sure there's yeah. like some bad parts of Chicago too, but like just overall, like just the environment in the city of Chicago, I just love it. I really yeah. do love the city of Chicago. Yeah. So then after that, we called it a night. And the next day we had a Another eventful uh, whole day, right? We had a boat ride, which I thought was phenomenal. Uh, it takes us right by the river, and then we were like uh, going like pretty much around like the city of Chicago. It was super dope. We were downstairs. This is the first time I've ever done one of these boat gimmicks in Chicago, and I would and I would definitely do it again. It was like ninety minutes, and at one point. I forget what the, is it the Michigan River? I could be wrong. But that river got so aggressive. At one point, you saw water going into the boat. And we're over <laughs> here, like, dodging, not trying not to get wet. And we were drinking on the boat and just take just enjoying the views, taking a lot of pictures and videos. It was just such a dope experience. Like, I love shit like that. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I would even yeah. do shit like that in, like, in New York. Like, any major city, oh, yeah. like, if there's, like, a boat gimmick ride that you could do, I yeah. advise you to do it. Because it's just such a dope experience. Especially if you're doing it with, like, a group of people. Or on a date. Yeah, yeah. No, totally. I mean, the, you see the nice views and uh, the good vibes. And uh, did they let you bring alcohol on there or did they sell alcohol? They, they, they had alcohol on there. So, like, what so we ended up, even better. So what we ended up doing was we we bought a we bought our tickets online and then it gives you an option to get like 15 like percent off with like a drink or something. So you pretty much get a free drink. Nice, with the nice. purchase of a ticket. If you pay like an extra, I don't know, it's like five dollars or something. I forget what it was. <laughs> 
That's and amazing. You get a drink, and then obviously, if you want to have another one, you can have another one, right? But um, we ended up having like two drinks there. It was such a dope like boat ride, and like I said, I love shit like that. I love seeing the buildings. I love being near yeah. the water. And then we were actually saying like next year, and like who who's to say, Ryan? Who's to say? Maybe next year you want to come to Chicago. Who's to say? I was gonna say, I, I think I need to come to Chicago and 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 you know go on the join in the group with you guys because ah, uh, you know it seems like you have a you have a fun time. Oh, because like I said, we do other shit besides wrestling. But like next, and that's year- the best. Yeah, like that's the best part about these trips too. Like everybody just thinks like if you tell people you're going on a trip, you're going to a wrestling show. Like people just think you're going in just for the show, you know. But I just love to do things around the city too. Like other non-wrestling things as part of that weekend because yeah you're there for that specific show obviously that's why you're going on that weekend right mm-hmm. um but you know doing other things it's it's i love doing that it's really it's so dope it's so dope so then afterwards we ended up going to after the bull ride we ended up getting kind of like brunch or whatever once again can't think of the name right now but it was a phenomenal <laughs> establishment all right the food was amazing the drinks were really really good and then we had time to kill because we're thinking we could just drive straight to StarCast. Now, StarCast is not even in Chicago. It's in Schaumburg, I think it's called. Yeah, I think that's the name of the yeah. town, right? That's like 45 minutes away from Chicago, okay? Yep. And, and I might be like leaning like low with that number. It might be even be, be a little bit longer than that, but I think it was 45 minutes. StarCast, the day one, didn't open till like 5. I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, five. At five the afternoon. PM at yeah, night? 5 p.m. I'm like, what the fuck? We're thinking we could just go straight over there. And we didn't even do that. So we're like, fuck it, we got some downtime. At this point, it was only one in the afternoon. So I'm like, we could probably kill like another three hours, give or take. So uh, we ended up dropping Casey and Raul back to their Airbnb, which it looked kind of sketch outside. All right. Like, <laughs> and it's not, maybe not inside, like where they were staying at, but the owners of the Airbnb seemed kind of sketchy. All right. It just, you know, it just seemed a little bit too like horror movie-esque, but whatever. That's not here or there. <laughs> Casey and Rowan made it back to Texas home fine. Everything's great. Um, what about the area, though? The area's fine. Okay. The area's fine. And then I ended up going to Aridian's house with Lo, and I got to see her mom, her dad, who's a great guy. They're both great. I love uh, Aridian's parents. And then we kind of just hung out there for a bit and just, you know, I just caught up with them, you know, just talking and stuff. And then... We killed some time. We ended up picking Casey and Raul back up, and then we ended up going to StarCast. And this is my first time going to StarCast, all right? I didn't know what to expect. Really? First time going to StarCast? Never done a StarCast in my life. Never. I've I've done the AEW Fan Fest gimmick. Obviously, we were together for the StarCast after party, after full gear. Yeah, yeah. You didn't even go to StarCast then, I didn't do that StarCast. I did the after party. With yeah, you yeah. Guys. Oh, yeah. God, who could forget about that after party, man? <laughs> we, did, we did the after party, but I didn't do StarCast, right? Yep. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> right. I see you did the best part, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this is my first time doing StarCast and, like, just taking this all in, right? No pun. Yep. And I didn't know what to expect. So they had a section. They had, like, a tent section at the time. I didn't know what that tent was. Then they had a downstairs section where it was called Collector's Corner, which had like a lot of arts, a lot of vendors selling stuff like Lucha Mask. Uh, and then you had like some meet and greets down there too, right? Yep. More of like the unsigned talent or more like lower le- lower tier talent. So like you had like a GCW uh, section where you had like Nick Gage, you had Jordan Oliver, you had Shaza McKenzie. Um, I can't think who else was there. And you had some like a Luchadors on there too. I think... Um, 
Hijo de Vikingo, Commander was there. Then on the other side, I think Nyla Rose was there also, and Layla Gray. Um, I think the next day, who else was there? Um, I can't think of uh, some of the other people that were there, but um, that was like day one, okay? So I was just looking at some of the art pieces and stuff, and listen, I was telling, uh, I was telling my friends you know, out there, I was telling them how like after this trip, I got to really chill out on my expenses, okay? I need <laughs> to chill out for a month. I need to get yeah. my, my, my money back. Uh, listen, and when I say that, it's not like I'm dead broke. Listen, yeah, I did this because yeah. I could afford it. The right, thing right. is, with me, as you're getting older, right, you look at your bank account, and you want your bank account to be at a certain level, right? Once, oh, you, yeah. see, once you see that shit going down, mm-hmm. for me, not that I get it, I get antsy, but I'm like, yo, I need to fucking chill out, <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. I need to yeah. calm down. I need to calm down for, for the next one. Listen, for the rest of the year, I have no wrestling shows happening, all right? I was I was thinking like, hey, should I go to should I go to Chicago for Survivor Series? I don't think I'm gonna do it. Listen, I don't even think I'm gonna do that. You know, yeah, not because yeah, yeah. not because I can't afford it, and not because I don't have somewhere to stay. You know, it's not that. It's just I need to calm down on my expenses. Listen, you have yeah. Fight Club Weekend, GCW and AC in October, right? I go there every year since the first Fight Club, and guess what? I don't think I'm gonna go this year because I need to cut down on expenses, and and, yeah. it, and it's War Games this year. I would love to oh, see that it? live. And I'm wow. like, oh, you know what? I might not. Ha- I might. I might have to skip it. I might have to skip it. Yeah, dude, I feel you. I mean, that's why. The, that's essentially a big reason why I skipped out on Chicago this year. Uh, just because I feel the same exact way. Like life happens sometimes, and we're getting older now. And you know, you, you kind of. I mean, you know, you did all out, and you did double or nothing earlier mm-hmm. this year too. And mm-hmm. um, you know. We've done our fair share of shows this year. I did already. the ru- I did the rumble to start the, the year. Rumble, so it's kind of like you got to pick and choose, like mm-hmm. which ones would you rather do and which ones would you rather skip out on. I mean, unfortunately, okay, if you can afford it, you know, good on you. But it's just, uh, you know, the days of doing everything under the sun. I mean, I used to do every little, every, literally every event that I could possibly do throughout the whole entire year. Well, and, uh, welcome I to just, adulthood, boys. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but now, I can't do it but 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 not only that and. We all have different lifestyles in the sense, like, we don't know really each other's expenses like that. But, you know, we, we're all hard workers here, right? Yeah. But also, it's like, and Leo, you can add on to this. There's yeah. a lot of people, right? And who knows? Who's to say? We might know some of them. There's a lot of people that will still do shit, spend money when it's like, maybe I shouldn't be spending yeah. my money on this. When it's $30 oh. in your account and you spend 45 Yeah. Like, maybe I shouldn't be spending my money on this. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I, I literally, I probably told you this story, but it was a while ago, so you might have forgotten. When I was at Revolution in Orlando last year, I was waiting on the merch line, and I literally watched this dude um, send money from his savings account over to his checking account <laughs> to, to buy merchandise because he didn't have enough money in his checking account. And I, I my, my buddy Ryan, he, he actually saw the exact amount. I couldn't tell you what the amount was. Um, but, dude, I literally watched him do it because he had, like, no money in his checking account. So we're not, like, that that pathetic. No, no, know? no. We're not We're not that bad. It's just for, for me, right? And I, clearly, Ryan, you agreed with me also. Like, it's just me. Like, I like my money to be at a certain level. And once that gets down to a certain point and not saying like it's, it's negative. No, no, it never gets to that point. But just me, yeah. me personally, I like to see my money at a certain level. Right. So once hey, I'm like, I, and listen, and not let's remove the wrestling aspect of it. Cause I knew this trip was coming. That's not uh, on top of that. Like 
me doing other stuff. I just got a tattoo also. Like, that's money as well. Like, yeah. there's so much shit happening. Like, next next week, I got to take my car to the mechanic. There's just so much stuff that happens, and you got to spend your money on certain things or whatever. It's like, you know what? I could I could cut back. I don't need to do this. I don't need to do that. Would I love to do it? Absolutely. But I don't necessarily need to do it. Yeah, but you got some people that, that live beyond their means, and they always they live paycheck to paycheck just hoping that the next one they'll be able to recoup everything that they spent on. So, again, and if you're going to these shows knowing that your account is lower than what it's supposed to be, then you're the dumbass. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. Okay. Yep, pretty simple. So this is my first StarCast experience, right? I told you about downstairs, and then there was another section where I guess like more of the A-list talent were, and it's just, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't know what to expect, right? But for me, I just felt like StarCast was just like all over the place. And some people were going here, some people going there. And this is day one of StarCast. I just went there just to, for the experience, right? And just to see what was out there. And hey, if I wanted to meet, do like a meet and greet that day, I would have bought it. But like, I didn't do no meet and greets. I think uh, Teddy and, did Teddy and Sergio meet anyone that day? No, I think they met they met some people the following day. But that the day one, Iridium was doing some of the Fightful interviews. So she interviewed Shazza McKenzie, Frank the Clown, uh, Jordan Oliver. I think that might have been day two. So, you know, shout out to Iridium because she's doing such a fucking great job with just everything she's doing with Fightful and obviously her brand, Rush Friends. She's, like, to me, when I look at Iridium, and obviously she, her career, it is broadcasting, right? She's, like, on radio and stuff. She produces and stuff. So, like, this is what she does, right? But to me, like, when I look at someone like Iridia and then she does the media scrum after All Out, when I look yeah. at someone like that, I'm like, see, that's someone that I value and that should be getting these opportunities, right? Because she doesn't have no agenda, right? She could have an opinion about something, but she won't, like, tarnish someone's, like, whole career or be like, fuck you or anything like that. She's not biased with her takes. Like, she's just a straight shooter. And a lot of these fucking journalists out here, right? Well, I'm going to get to that a little bit later. Some of y'all have so much agendas, man. Like, what the fuck? Like, is these, are these talents paying you under the table so you can, like, praise them so much? Like, you guys are obsessed with some of these fucking talents, man. And you guys get, like, spotlighted. And it's like, and people give you, like, so much, like, praise and shit to some of y'all. When some of y'all are so fucking garbage. Like, I feel like a lot of these journalists just do it for clout. And that's it. They're not doing anything yeah. to make a difference. To me, yeah. like, listen, if I was put in a position, right, to go in that media scrum or to, like, interview talent, like, yes, I get what I get. What people, they want to get, like, the hot topics and make something stand out. Like, oh, my God, Seth Rollins said this about CM Punk. Like, I understand all that. Like, you want to get a reaction. But at the same time, it's like, what are you doing to make a difference in this wrestling community, Right. And you're doing nothing. You're be just being a toxic fuck. Go off, man. Go off. <laughs> I, 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 I want to pause there because I'm going to get to the, the stuff oh, later. Wow, I'm going okay. to get to the juicier stuff later. But, <laughs> okay. you know, just shout out to Iridian on everything she's doing. I fucking love her and she deserves all the success she's getting. Okay. Yeah, I, I second that. She's absolutely killing it. it would, I was so happy to hear her during the scrum. Um, I have to check out those interviews. I assume they're on Fightful uh, that she did at StarCast. Uh, she's absolutely just killing the game in every aspect. So shout-outs to you, Iridian. Keep keep going. Okay, so after StarCast, we ended up, I ended up getting changed because I was still like in my gear that I was wearing when we were on the boat ride. So I didn't even look like a wrestling fan. I was just in a just straight like – 
I had a bun up on. Like, I just looked like a normal dude. You know, it's funny because before the boat gimmick ride, we went to the infamous Mindy's Bakery. Oh, how was that? Man, let me talk. See, I remember that name. That I do remember. <laughs> yeah, that you'll never forget. Listen, bro, I don't know how you can eat Mindy's Bakery and be so upset and angry at the world. Mindy, <laughs> listen, Mindy's Bakery. Jesus Christ. Listen. Okay, that's all. Listen, Mindy's Bakery is it. All right. Their food is wow. great. Like when you walk in there. There's so much shit and so much options that are there. You don't even know what to get. When I was in line, I might have changed my mind like seven different times trying to figure out what I wanted to get. Wow. Uh, we all got something different, right? I think some of us ended up getting bagels. Other of us got some type of pastry. I ended up getting a um, like a cinnamon churro type donut, which tasted great. And wow, then that this, just sounds amazing. And then a, it was like a huge steroid ass croissant that tasted fucking amazing. All right. As well. No and muffins? No muffins? I, I didn't get a muffin. I think somebody else did get muffins. It wasn't me, though. I got no muffins. And then to drink, I got... It was like one of... You know how some of these, like, coffee places or whatever have, like, their own drinks? Like, it's like a marquee drink for them? Yep. Um I forget what. I ended up getting some type of cold brew that was, like, specifically for them. Um, and that was great. And then it's fo- so funny. And, I mean... This happens all the time, especially with Rini and Teddy for whatever reason. They they witness all this shit. And I mean, maybe you have witnessed it too. So the guy that was like, you know, like taking, you know, like the, the cashier was like, damn, bro, you came in here looking like a wrestler. He's like, you a wrestler? And I was like, no. Really? What? <laughs> yeah, I don't, dude, I don't know, man. It just happened. I just, you should have just gone with it. Be like, yeah, man. I was no, at GCW last night. <laughs> so that happened at Mindy's Bakery. Mindy's Bakery, ten out of ten. No complaints. No rants after. No rants after the after the bakery um, visit. We were great. Wow. So then after Starcast, we went to GCW. I had to get changed because I wasn't going to go to GCW wearing the stuff I was wearing. So, you know, I threw in some chalk line shor- sh- uh, shorts, uh, a Joey Janela shirt. We went to um, GCW. And we actually got there late. Like, the show already had started when um, when we were there. We were, like, already, like, when we got there, it was, like, three matches in. And, you know, for the, for the, the rest of the show that we did watch, it was a fun show, specifically the main event. And before I get to uh, the main event, I did want to shout out. Uh, I was talking with Nick Wayne real quick. I just told him like I'm just so happy for him uh, with you know what he's doing on AEW because I've seen this fucking kid in GCW so much, and he didn't even know I was gonna be at you know in Chicago. So we had some quick dialogue there, and then um, uh, I got to talk to a couple other talent um, there as well. But um, the main event was Hijo de Vikingo and Nick Gage, bro. This had no business to be this great of a match. Because when you see this match on paper, even me, all right, and you know I love GC Dub. When I saw this was the main event, oh, I figured this, I assumed this was going to be the main event. I'm like, Nate Gage versus Eo David Kingle. Like, how's that going to work? Because I know they're not going to do a death match, right? Bro, they they tore it up, man. And, you know, credit to Nick Gage. Because Eo David Kingle, like, the, 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 like, he's already great now, but, like, he still has so much room to grow, right? But, yeah. like, Nick Gage... He's obviously a veteran, right? But, like, he's just known for his deathmatch style. My man wrestled with Hijo de Vikingo. Yeah, there was some hardcore stuff. No light tubes or nothing like that. Yeah, there was some hardcore stuff with, like, trash cans and, like, chairs and shit. But, no, these two wrestled, bro. And credit to both guys, but specifically Nick Gage, because we know how great Hijo de Vikingo is. Yo, Nick Gage put on a great match with, with Hijo de Vikingo. And, like, that, after the match, it was, like, standing ovation, like... 
they were throwing money in the ring like they do for lucha matches. At one point, me and my buddy Terrence, who's um, who does like a lot of the GCW stuff, like running the door and some of the merch stuff. Uh, me and my boy Terrence were trying to start a a lucha death kill chant, you know, because it was like lucha <laughs> with with you know yeah. like murder death kill and stuff. But yeah, man, that match was just fantastic, bro. I, I there's not enough praise I could give this match. This match was just great. Wow, wow, yeah. I mean, I saw a lot of the clips that you posted on the Lucha Instagram page. Um, shout out to the page if you're not following it. I don't know what you're doing. I even tweet. That's the one time I went on Twitter last <laughs> week, uh, you know, all weekend. I was like, if you're not following our Lucha page, you know, for all the content that you're posting, then what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, so shout out to you for that. And uh, yeah, man, that it looked fun. I think I did see like Vikingo doing like some flip off like the chair like onto gauge or something i don't know i saw a couple of uh of clips that you posted so i mean it looked good it was uh, but yeah you're right on paper that's like kind of like a head scratcher it's like huh how is that gonna work yeah. you know but i mean hey that's that's a huge credit to um i guess more so nick gauge because mm-hmm. he's not used to wrestling right you know, our actual wrestling match so good for him and uh yeah you love to see it he put he put over uh after the match too and he said something down lines like he he pretty much made it like you know he's like on like, he's on the tail end of his career, but he still wants to have, like, you know, these great matches beyond just death matches. And he Good. said he said it was a, he said it was an honor for him to have, like, this match with Hijo de Vikingo. And listen, man, we came out of there, like, just so fucking, like, amped up about it. And it was, like, Raul's first GCW show. It was Casey's second GCW show. And she was kind of already, like, she was going in there, like, what the fuck? Because, like, last year during War Games, Casey was just so terrified at watching, like, some of the deathmatch stuff. At one point, she was just like, I want to go home. <laughs> like, it was just a, <laughs> with, like, the blood and the light tubes and this yeah, and that. It's not for everybody. It's not, you know, it's it's a violent scene sometimes. Lot, it looks yeah, it looks like it looks like especially a murder for, scene. Especially for somebody who doesn't, like, know. Like, they go to wrestling shows, and then they you go to this. It's like, this is totally different than right. any normal wrestling show that you've ever been to. Mm-hmm. So, we came out of there, and, like, we were all surprised, but we were also very happy. Like, Casey Rowe came out of there. She's like, yo. That match was just a phenomenal. It was just such a great match. Awesome. So that was it. Uh, we called it an air after that, and Saturday comes. Now, this is now day two of StarCast for us, and our last day. I already had to do a couple more interviews. I wanted to go meet Dennis Rodman, and then um, I think Teddy and Sergio, they went to go meet like the House of Black and Britt Baker. I think uh, Arini also met Britt Breaker and like Ricky Starks and a couple other people. I just went there to meet Dennis Rodman. Listen, I was a big Dennis Rodman fan growing up, both in the, in in basketball, like Chicago Bulls, and then also in wrestling with the NWO stuff. Big Dennis Rodman fan. I just love him because he was so different. Like he was just so he was different in in the in the court, right? But just like his image, like he was just that bad boy. And I don't know. I just I I've always loved people that. Likes to push the boundaries, but still great guys. You know what I'm saying? And I just always loved Dennis. And I got to meet him. And it was, was, like I told you, StarCast was just a mess. And we were waiting in line for a while. Because the the meeting grease was supposed to start start from 11 to 2. And I think the line didn't start moving until like after 12 o'clock. So... And the thing is, the people that worked there weren't even updating you. They weren't saying anything. So we're just standing there like schmucks. And I wasn't even like that, like back of the line. I was kind of like pretty up close. Like I wasn't like one of the first ones, but I was like between like maybe the first 20 people. So I was like there, there you know. Finally, the line starts moving. And I was talking to these two dudes that were, that were cool. We were talking about like Dennis and just like some of the AEW stuff. I can't think of their names right now, but you know, they were two cool guys. Um, 
And then when it was finally the line started moving, I started to meet Dennis. I, I looked at it and I'm like, fuck. You know how sometimes when you meet people or like you're ready to meet someone, but you see like their interactions with the people that are ahead of you first, you're like, oh man, he kind of seems like he's being like a dick or something, right? Like then you're like, fuck, man, I hope he's not a dick with me. Or like just in general, yeah. right? Yeah. And with me, it's like if I pay for a meeting group, it's because I really want to meet you. Like I'm not just gonna meet anyone just for the sake of meeting you, right? Yeah, I just yeah. it's because like you know you matter to me. So I go up to Dennis and I tell him, "Hey, Dennis, man, it's a it's a really honor to meet you, man. You you played a big factor in my childhood. Just besides basketball, also, right? He's like, oh man, I appreciate that, brother. Whatever. And he was sitting down. You know, he's a tall guy. I don't think he wants to be fucking standing through the whole meeting greet or whatever. Even yeah, though I yeah. think some of us did want that, right? But it, it it wasn't no big deal. So, you know, when I, I got down, you know, where you know where he was sitting at, you know, to pose, and I threw up the two sweet. He was like, oh, okay, we're throwing the two sweet. So he threw up the two sweet too. He popped for that. And then uh, I told him, like, yo, thanks for your time, man. I really appreciate it. Appreciate it, bro. And then he's like, no, no, thank you for coming to see me. I hope you enjoyed the rest of the weekend. So I'm like, all right. But, awesome, man. It's great but during great interaction. But during that, I did notice in typical Dennis Rodman fashion, he was a little bit intoxicated. Okay, <laughs> he's yeah. a little bit intoxicated, and then I later find out, right? I later find out, you know, shout outs to Conrad Thompson. I later find out that the reason why he was a little bit intoxicated is on Friday night when he got to the hotel in Schaumburg, the bar was closed. So in typical Dennis Rodman fashion, he hops over the bar, takes a bottle, and then goes to his room. So then the following morning, Conrad goes to the receptionist and goes like. Hey, listen, um, I heard Dennis did this and that. Like, listen, this is all on me. I will pay for it if there's any issues. And then the receptionist told Conrad, listen, there's no big deal. It's Dennis Rodman. We're in Chicago. It's, it's, don't worry <laughs> about it. <laughs> How dope is that? It's, I mean, so basically this dude can get away with murder and, you know, the excuse would just be like, well, it's Dennis Rodman. Like, what are we supposed to do about it? Right, 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 right. <laughs> that's amazing. That's so, that's wild. So from StarCast, we were, we were StarCast for a while and I knew after StarCast we were going to go to this place called Fat Rosie. See, I remember that establishment, all right? There we go. We, uh, we went to Fat Rosie's last year, and we had, a, like, a really great time. Like, the, the, the food was there. The food was great. The drinks was great. So we knew we were going to do that. Now, from there, we were going to go to Collision, okay? So I knew I had to change again at StarCast. So I wasn't going to wear – I was wearing, like, a Dennis Rodman jersey when I went to go meet him, you know, blah, 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 whatever. I need to get in gimmick. And what I mean by gimmick is I was going in collision as a collision cowboy. Bang, bang, gang. All right? Straight bullet club gold. All right? The shirt, the sneakers, bandana, hair loose, the juice is loose. Straight juice Robinson or Jace. Okay? That's how it was going to be. So whatever. I, I went to the car, got changed, boom, got in gimmick. And I had to go to the bathroom because I had to do my hair, right? Because normally I have my hair in a bun. But for juice, for you know, to be Juice Robinson, I had to have, have my hair loose. While I was doing that, Brody King walks into the bathroom. Oh, my gosh. Of course. <laughs> just, just always happens to you. you Brody know? King walks into the bathroom. So I'm just like, whatever, you know, whatever. And then he turns around and then he goes, like, oh, what's up, brother? And he's like, I was like, oh, what's up? What's up, Brody? How's it going? He's like, ah, oh, no, I ain't here, man. Just, uh. He's just enjoying this last day of Starcast, and then he washed his hands, and then he was like, "Enjoy the rest of your weekend, dude." And then that was it, just like, like that. Just a, yeah, just a just like that interactions like that. Just it's, like that. That's the one thing I do like about these like conventions, like that, like Starcast, WrestleCon, or whatever. Like, yeah, I mean, these things could happen. You know, you're you're going in the bathroom, and you know, just these guys and girls need to 
well, guys, obviously, need to do the same exact thing. So uh, it's always funny how it works out like that. And it's so funny because when I walked out of there, I told Sergio, because Sergio was, like, waiting for me outside. And Sergio, I'm like, yo, Brody King just walked in there while I was doing my hair. He's like, I know. <laughs> so nuts. So nuts. So then, so then we ended up going back downstairs, and I think Iridium was wrapping up with the Jordan Oliver interview at the time. And I ended up seeing my good buddy Joey, Joey Janella. Shout out to Joey. I uh, was talking about him for a bit. Yeah. yeah, the Florida man gimmick. And he did break character just a tad bit when he saw me. And, I, you know, I praise him. He ended up having a match at GCW the, the night before with Lash LaRue. And that's like a WCW back in the day guy. Yeah. Cruiserweight guy, part of the Misfits in action. And I think this is his first time in a while that he's wrestled, right? Let me tell you, this guy did not miss a beat at all, bro. Like... And Joey, for whatever reason, always has, like, these great matches with, like, these older veterans. Like, yeah, like these random guys that right. you're like, wait, what, where the hell do they dig this guy up mm -hmm. from? Yeah, Joey Janela makes them uh, relevant again, yes. I guess. So he, he he had a phenomenal match with Lash LaRue, and I told that to Joey. And he goes like, yo, Lash is right there. Go talk to him. I go tell him that. And I was like, all right. So I ended up meeting Lash LaRue. Such a fucking humble guy. I told him, like, bro. You, you were, I remember you as a kid. I used to watch yeah, you all the time yeah. on Nitro. Like, like Misfits in Action, the Cruiserweight division. Like, bro, you were awesome then. You, listen, you could even say he was underrated then. And then you pop out of nowhere and you're still, like, you didn't miss a beat. And he was so humble, man. He was like, you could tell he was, like, really appreciative. Like, because I think a lot of people were telling that throughout the weekend. Like, just how great he looks and, like, that he could still go. And he was just so humble and... I was like, kind of like doing doing like a background check on him just to see what he's been up to like the last couple of years, and I think he, like he pretty much after WCW he ended up like getting just like a like a regular job. I think at one point he became like a pastor or something. It's like he's just a great guy. He's just a very humble dude, and you could tell like he was just taking it all in. All these people just coming up to him and telling him like how great he is still, and just how we remember him from our childhood and stuff like that. Really yeah. great guy. I, you know I can't praise him enough, but. That's another match you should watch from that GCW show. So, okay, so I get in gimmick, we get changed, and then we end up going to uh, Fat Rosie's. We go to Fat Rosie's. The food is great. And some of us in, the, some of us in, in our crew, right, are Virgos, including me. You know, we're September babies. And they ended up surprising us with this, like, wrestling ring shot gimmick, okay? And I was shocked. I, I was not expecting this at all. It went like I wasn't even. I thought it was for Casey because her, her her birthday so first, right? So I thought it was for her. I didn't even think it was for me too. Like it just went over <laughs> my head. Like I was completely in shock. And this is this these, these ring of shots, right? Are coming after we already had taken shots. Okay, so I was already juicing and juicing at that point. Yeah. Wow. Okay. We take these shots. Great blast. The the sombrero fit my Bullet Club gear gimmick that I had on. I was on cloud nine, okay? We leave, we get to the United Center. And me, myself, already and low, I forget who came up with the idea. I might have mentioned it like just non-passing, like, yo, we should imitate like the, the 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 guns and juice like entrance or whatever. And I think they just ran with it. I forget who mentioned it. It might have been me, it might have not been me. We were like, fuck it, let's do it. So we did like a couple takes, like in this like like little like area that was like not like nobody was there or whatever. We killed it, right? We killed it. But then, did, yeah. but then Casey goes like, "You should do it over there by that screen, like the AEW Collision screen." So we're fuck it, we did it there, right? So if you guys follow us at you know Lucha Outsiders, or you might have seen it on Iridian's Twitter, it ended up blowing up on Twitter. I'm not on Twitter, so I don't know like the like the number wise, but like I know Iridian said like it just went viral on Twitter, and then 
you know, it's all over our Instagram, both myself, Iridians, Rush Friends, Lowe's, Wrestling Wind Down. Yeah, it's I'm all actually going to go retweet it uh, on the Lucha page. So, okay. so anybody who's not aware of it can go see it. Right. So we we did like uh we did the the remake of the Guns and Juice Robinson entrance, and I was juicing and juicing up a storm. All right. I listen. I want to be juice. I'm trying to live my life like Juice Robinson. I want every single week for me to lose my mind more and more like Juice Robinson, all right? I just love the Bullet Club Gold as a whole. I think I think they're the best thing going in AEW, in my opinion, okay? It's very hard to argue, yeah. I love Especially them. on Saturday nights. Listen, they own Saturday nights. It's the Bang Bang Gang show, okay? Their entrance is the best entrance in wrestling right now going today. I just love Bullet Club Gold, and I specifically love Juice Robinson. And I hope Juice Robinson did see this video, and hopefully he popped. Because I know the guns watched, watched it because they retweeted it. I know Jay White watched it because he liked it. So I know Juice Robinson is oh, not. Oh, really? Did he? Yeah, yeah, he liked it also. Juice Robinson is oh, not on social media. But I hope someone just showed, them, showed him the video, and he popped. That's what I hope for. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I didn't even know. That's that's awesome that he liked this. Obviously, you know, acknowledge it. Maybe show to all the boys. Who knows? Yeah, man. I he just, showed Juice because yeah, like you said, Juice is not on. Um, social he's media. not on social media. So. But yeah, dude, I, we just had such a great time with that video, and you know, shout out to also Casey and Teddy because they they're the ones that recorded it and like had like the lighting for it. So like you know when you do like the whole rotation gimmick, like they it's nailed interesting. it. Interesting. So yeah, I was gonna ask if like there was um. I don't know, like a specific person there in charge, like that was just filming, or like there was like, like I don't know, I didn't know like how that worked, but I mean, shout outs to you said Casey was Kay- the one filming it. Casey filmed I it mean, and Teddy did the lighting. That was that was spot on. Like I mean, <laughs> gotta give credit to the production yes, crew as yes. well. Like that production, man, that was top notch. Listen, I I was, I was obsessed with that video after we recorded it, and after it went viral, like I just kept looking. I'm like, yo, this looks so fucking dope. It it was literally spot on. Even after like, I just love the end too. When when you like, you like walk to the back and then you turn around and you walk front and you just put up the. Oh <laughs> the my gun. god! You, it was awesome. It was oh awesome. man! That's so and it had, it, did it have? Well, yeah, because I guess um, already and put it into like a TikTok version yeah, or something yeah. like that. So she put the music over. Yeah, it, yeah right? she put the music over. Yep. It was literally spot on though. Like as soon as you went like. Yeah, like it was juice going like ah, yeah. <laughs> exactly what he does, like just spot on, man. You guys killed it. Oh man! And then you know, the final day at all out, fucking they give us that iconic entrance with the smoke, and they're all doing it. Oh my god! I'm like, yeah. fuck! Did we inspire that? Did we inspire that? <laughs> it's it's yeah, could have been. You never know. Oh man, it's so good. But I had a blast there, and then collision happened. Now prior to this, prior to collision going live. Okay, let's address the elephant in the room. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. We get this big press releaser. Okay, Tony Connor ends up coming out to the live crowd of Chicago to a fucking chorus of boos. Not from us. I was not booing that Tony Khan. I was not booing that TK. But CM Punk gets released. Congratulations, you played yourself. Man, there's a lot of thoughts here. That I want to say, but I want to get your take first before I have to say what I got to say. Um, yeah, shocked. Uh, probably more so than anything. I mean, I just did not think Tony was actually going to do it. I forget if I said it on this show, but I've said it a couple of times to some of my buddies. I said the only way I see this whole CM Punk thing ending is if he takes himself out of the equation, right? Like if he just says, listen, Tony, like, 
buy out my contract. Like, I'm out of here. I can't do this anymore. Like, it's just not working, blah, blah, blah. That's the only way I saw him leaving, right? Mm-hmm. I was stunned when I saw this press release. I was actually at a um, at a barbecue on that Saturday, okay. and one of, I was talking to one of my friends, and then all of a sudden, like his phone was blowing up, and then he looked at it, and um, he was like, "Oh my god!" Like CM Punk got fired. I'm like, "No <laughs> way!" And he showed me like the press release, right? And oh, I was oh, like, can, I, can, you just, "Can you just pause real quick?" Because I just have one little question I yeah, have to ask. So you say you were at a barbecue, and you said your friend told you this, right? Now. Yeah. The people you were with, was it just you and your buddy wrestling fans and everybody else just doesn't care about that stuff? Or No, no, no. There was so, a... like, the crew I went to Mania with. Oh, okay. Uh, so you guys are all yeah. wrestling fans. Or... Yeah, yeah. So they're no, all Because it would be funny if it was just you and your buddy, right? And let's say... Oh, yeah, yeah, And then you guys are like, oh, my gosh, CM Punk. Or, and, and then people are just looking at you like, what? What's so... I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you have to tell somebody else. Right. right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, no, okay, like, okay. there was... There's a couple of, I mean, most of them are just like WWE guys, like they very casual AEW guys. Right, right, um, but they still know. They're, 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 they know, know about it. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay, right. They're aware. Um, so when he shows me this, like the press release, I'm like, hold on. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, did this come from the actual AEW account? Because like, before I even read it, like, is this legit? Right. And he's like, I don't know. Like, he's showing it from me. Like, he's showing me, his buddy sent it to him in a group chat. Right. So I'm like, all right, like, I don't know. Like, this, I got to see it from the AEW account, right? Right, right. I just can't. I can't believe it. Yes. And then I went to Twitter and oh my God, man, like it, then my brother sent it to me and everything. And like, dude, just crazy. Right. Like before Tony oh. runs two shows in Chicago, before collision, before collision, oh. it's just insane. And, uh, I mean, man, what crazy timing, but listen, I am so happy <laughs> that it happened. I'm, I'm relieved. Um, listen, CM Punk wasn't doing AEW any favors besides, okay, yeah, obviously, like, when it comes to merch and selling tickets, yeah, he definitely helped that. But listen, you can't tell me that CM Punk is the reason that AEW broke the attendance record at Wembley Stadium. They probably would have done that without CM Punk. 1,000%. So, listen, yeah, will they lose a couple of, you know, uh, a little bit of revenue here and there, a little bit on merch sales? Yes, probably. But listen, this is the move that Tony Khan had to make. I'm glad he made it. He put his foot down. And uh, listen, all those Chicago fans that were booing him all weekend long, you guys got a congratulations because how unfair is that, right? I mean, this dude is literally going out there, taking this situation head on, dealing with whatever comes his way. Obviously, he knew there was going to be a chorus of booze as soon as he walked out there, right? Uh, he even said it in his promo. He's like, this, this is literally the last place I wanted to do this <laughs> was in Chicago and obviously at the United Center um, of all places. It's very unfair for the crowd to boo him. Um, but kudos to Tony Khan. I think he earned a lot of people's respect uh, last weekend. Um, and listen, the, the problem is finally solved. And now we can get back to the AEW that we once knew and we once loved. And we were already seeing it from Dynamite and from Collision last night. I feel, and even All Out, I feel like this is a new, just, I feel like the roster is more, like, motivated. Like, it's just a fresh start for everybody. And that's just what it seems like. Um, So, listen, problem's gone. It didn't work out. I wish it worked out. But, listen... I was so tired of hearing about these backstage altercations and incidents, and it was just more drama than anything that just didn't need to, you know, be a part of this company anymore. So, listen, you said it just now. I wish it could have worked out because I too wish all this could have worked out. But the common problem has always been CM Punk, no matter what. 
no matter if he's in the right or wrong. It's just the way he handles things and just his mindset where it's like you're either with him or if you have a disagreement with him or you just don't have the same vision as he does, then he instantly just hates you and he tries to blacklist you. And yeah. you can't run a business even though he's used those words. And, you know, after his release, we found out that he was not just an active wrestler, but he was also an AEW employee, right? He was in a position of power. When you're trying to run a business, you can't have that mindset where it's like if you're against if you're against me, then you know what? Then I don't want to fuck with you. You can't run yeah. a business that way. You're talking about like how the elite can't run a target, yet you can't run a business either. If if someone disagrees with you, you instantly like fuck you. I don't want to deal with you anymore. You can't have that attitude. I'm not saying CM Punk was completely wrong with some of his issues with AEW. That that's not that's not the argument I'm trying to make here. But what I will say is. For those people that are so punk defend, this guy, this come from me that actually I do still love punk. All right, if you think that CM Punk was innocent in any of this, you're just a complete delusional dumb fuck. All right, yeah. and come on, man, like you can't, you can't do some of the things that he was doing. All right. Yeah, I mean, listen, it was never going to work out with him in the Bucks, no matter, you know, what. You, you could have let time pass. I know there was reports that the, the elite said, oh, if six months went by and there was no issues, then they'd be willing to talk to him and possibly work with him. Listen, I don't buy that for a second. I mean, first of all, six months, I mean, that's, I mean, that six months without an incident for CM Punk, that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's unrealistic, okay, to ask uh, from what it seemed like. So, listen, it was, it just, no matter what, there was always going to be an incident, right? I mean, there was always going to be somebody who had an issue with Punk being there. And listen, Punk didn't make things better, right? Like, he could have, like, he's never been one to step down to anybody, right? Like, if somebody has a problem with him or if somebody tweets out something about him or something, he's going to confront you about it. You, you just know that's going to happen, right? Jack Perry knew what was coming to him backstage after he made that comment at All In, okay? He knew it. It's almost like he wanted the fight and he got the fight. Listen, that doesn't mean that. Um, it's it's not CM Punk's fault in that instance, but again, he didn't make things better. What no. did he do? He went back there and he put put him in a chokehold. Okay, that's it, just not again, like you said, not how you do business. And for somebody like CM Punk, who has been in this industry for how long? He's a veteran. He's he he just should know better. And um, listen, it's really really unfortunate. It's unfortunate. I mean, there's a lot of a yep. lot of money left on the table. Yes. So many possible dream matches yes. that we just never got to see from CM Punk. I mean, hell, even something like as as little as CM Punk versus Jay White one on one, which is what I wanted to see, we had we didn't even get. I don't even so, think that's little. I think that could be a marquee match. I think that could be a main event. It could. It, it definitely could. It's just uh, ugh, such a freaking shame. But again, this is what he asked for, and and he he got it. So um, listen, like I said, good on Tony Khan. It's a move that had to be done. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, listen, now we can all move on until he shows up in WWE. <laughs> Oh, and then we have to deal with him again. <laughs> we're, we'll we'll talk about that towards the tail end of the episode because I have my thoughts on that too. But yeah, listen, this is I, what what I find very comical from the to the punk defenders and that just praise everything that punk does and punk's innocent. He didn't do nothing wrong. Fuck the elite. Fuck Tony Khan. Blah blah blah. AEW is still a thing without punk. Listen, this is not all yes. punk wrestling. Punk wasn't here since day one. All right, for the people that watch AEW. Yeah, I'm sure yeah, we're watching way before Punk was even involved with the company. Exactly. And now and if, all you weren't, then you, if you weren't, then you're not a true AEW fan. Right. You're just a fan of CM Punk. Right. Plain and which, which, which there's nothing wrong with that either. But you right. came right. over and you watched the AEW product just for CM Punk. Fine. Right. 
But that core of AEW, that's the elite. And you can also mention Jericho and Moxley, but that the elite is the core of AEW. It's called All Elite Wrestling. Yeah. It, and I'm glad I'm glad Tony sided with those guys too, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 so I, in his promo too, I mean, you were there and I saw the clips of it too. Uh, you know, Tony was saying like how he feared for his life and stuff like that. Like, listen, something went down back there with CM Punk and Tony Khan too. Okay. I, oh, yeah, I there yeah, was yeah. rumors of CM Punk lunging at him yep. or whatever, and then Dave's like Oh well, the lunging is putting it kindly. It's like, dude, I, don't, I hate when he dances around. Like, hey, like, you know what? They, and listen, and listen, I have my thoughts on just journalists in general. But like, Dave, Dave Dave's another one that get off fucking TK's dick, bro. Like, we yeah. get it. You're pro AW. You love everything the Bucks doing. Omega, blah blah blah. But like, come on, man. If you're gonna be, that's why I can't deal with these fucking journalists, bro. Like that, yeah. you know, you can say what you want about SRS, but that man plays it safe and he calls it down the middle. He doesn't pick sides. With the Nick Hausmans of the world and the Meltzers of the world, they're picking sides, man. They're fair, fucking biased with their takes. I can't deal with yeah. that. No, I know. I, I agree 100%. Um, but listen, like he was saying too, like for the safety of, of the employees and everybody he has backstage, like he cares. He genuinely cares about the people that work in AEW. And um, listen, he had to do what was right for them. And I'm glad he did because, again, you hear all these stories about Tony Khan, even the one just recently too. I think just as of yesterday, um, it came out that Tony Khan uh, sent a private jet to Bray Wyatt's yes. funeral yep. memorial yep. service yep. so that the talent could attend, you know? Um you hear all these stories about how Tony is a genuinely good guy. And this is just another thing and another example to prove that um, is that he obviously cares about the employees enough to fire a guy that it made him a lot of money, right? No matter if he was a problem or not, as long as he was making Tony money, I felt like Tony was going to keep him around. But instead he took, uh, you know, into consideration his employees and everybody backstage who, you know, did not want to feel unsafe coming to work. And he took care of that issue so that people can go to work and not feel like, you know, their job or their life, as Tony put it, in, as it was in danger. So, um, like I said, kudos to Tony Khan. And, uh, yeah, it is what it is. Here's another fucking stupid take that I saw some people talking about online. They were like, oh, my God, Tony Khan saying that he's fearing for his life. Imagine Eric Bischoff saying that back in the 90s during the Attitude Era with all the stuff they were doing. Like, I hate when people always got to compare it to, like, back like in the Attitude Era or whatever, when wrestling was just a little bit more like pushing the boundaries. That's with everything. Listen, if we go back to even 10 years ago, right? Some of the stuff that we used to see on TV is not the same shit that we see now. Like even yeah. comedy. Comedy, people have to be careful when they're pushing the limits, right? Now, that that's a different argument, whether it's for better or for worse, right? Because I'll, I'll, I'll be the first one to say like, hey, listen, we live in a very sensitive society, right? I'll be the first one to say that. But also... We got to understand that times have changed. Listen, when the man, you guys are comparing him to Eric Bischoff, saying like, oh my God, Eric would never do that. Yet Eric Bischoff has gone on record praising Tony Khan. Listen, he craps on Tony so much in AEW, but he praised Tony Khan for finally putting his foot down and just getting rid of CM Punk. So that whole comparison, like, oh, Magic, Eric, or Vince, like, it was a different time back then. Even wrestling. Like, what they were pushing the boundaries back then is not the same shit that we see now on TV. So that's just a fucking cheap comparison. Listen, yeah. Tony, Listen, you can say what you want about Tony. You could dislike him. You could say that you don't like his booking. You could say he's a money mark. That's fucking fine. At the end of the day, we don't know what the fuck went back there or happened back there. And probably I, we'll never know. And we'll probably will never know. 
But if Tony Khan decides to say, listen, I fear for the, not only the livelihood of myself, but like also my employees, my workers, whatever, I think there's some truth behind that. I don't think he's going to yeah. just say that as a throwaway line. All right? And, you, and another thing I'll add on to that, being there live, listen, there was a chorus of booze for Tony or whatever, and you could tell he was like, visibly, he could tell he was upset. And I think also, it really did hurt him to release CM Punk, because I generally think he loves CM Punk, and he yeah. wanted it, he wanted all this to work. Right? I can, yeah. You could see that. You could see that he definitely was hurt about this. But, you know, eventually he did, he did win the crowd back. You know, he did win the crowd back towards the end and he did get a standing ovation from the crowd. And, you know, there's still some CM Punk chants and still a couple of boos. But overall, I think he did win the crowd back. You know, I was one of those people cheering for Tony. Um, and to me, he got my respect for, you know, it took a lot of balls for him to go up, on, you know, sitting there before Collision goes on air and just talking to the crowd and just talking to the crowd directly. Right, like, he didn't need to do that. He didn't need to do that. He could have just right. put on the pressure releaser. You had the opening... Uh, vignette before collision started where he yeah. talks about like seeing punk getting released he could have just done that and left it alone but no he decided to speak to the crowd and i mean you know whether you like tony or not in general you can't like knock that i, I you know he i thought it was it took a lot of balls for him to do that finally he grew a set and fucking, yeah, right this is yeah finally yeah. he's putting his foot down he, right he's not letting people walk all over him right. this time he's taking control and acting like right. a legit boss and no pun intended. That's not a Sasha Banks. Uh, right, 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 right. right there. But like, <laughs> I, like, listen, and you know, and part of all this shit, all this bullshit and stuff, you know, is also on Tony as well. Because a year ago, if he would have put his foot down or whatever, before Brawl Out with the Hangman Page stuff or whatever, he would have just been a boss. I feel like a lot of things could have been prevented, and yeah, a lot of, yeah. and you know, a lot of these missed opportunities that we have now. Who, who's to say we could have probably been on the right track to making these things ha happen? That, that doesn't mean that everybody has to be best friends. No pun, but. We could at least have working relationships here where people are able to work together. And unfortunately, yeah. we're never going to know that anymore. And ultimately, it's a, it, it's a learning experience yes. for Tony, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, he should have done a lot last year. Mm -hmm. He didn't. He did it now, right? Right. And listen, he's learning. So, it is what it is. Okay. So, going prior to Collision and then everything we got at Collision, right? I remember getting to Chicago, and once we were all reunited, you know, the, the whole gang was reunited, I was telling the crew, I was like, listen, I ain't gonna lie here, but this all-out car looks like one of these. Congratulations, you played yourself. That's what it looked like on paper. I'm like, man, like, it just doesn't feel like an all-out. It just feels yeah. nothing. But here's my theory, all right? And I want to get your thoughts on it, especially after we'll be watching it all out, and we're going to cover that, like, next after the CM Punk release, I felt now the cards started making a little bit more sense. Now, granted, we got Ricky Starks and, and Brian announcing a strap match. That was like a game changer for me. But then it made more sense why Mox and Cassidy had to make an event. Because what happens every time the company's on fire yeah. and it goes down yeah, under, yeah. John Moxley comes through the fire, puts a company on his fucking back, and just fucking rocks with it. And yeah. this, and listen, that even that promo... Even that fucking promo. My man was going to face Orange Cassidy the next night, but he put him over in a way that I don't think Orange Cassidy has ever been put over that way. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny how it works out every single time. You know, something goes wrong with the company, CM Punk related or not. Where's John Mox? Where's Mox? Mox? always there to step up to the plate, and that's why 
He is the, I mean, you know, we say obviously the elite. But Moxley the too. The company. But Mox. Mox is part of that. He is a he is a huge reason why AEW is in the spot that they're in right now and taken seriously as an alternative promotion is because guys like John Moxley, because of guys like Chris Jericho, yes. and now guys like Brian Danielson yep. too. Listen, Danielson and Mox are the two guys that AEW needs to build around, I guess, essentially. I mean, they're not young guys, I understand, but if you know what I'm saying, like, those two have to be the staples. Like, the, those yeah. two are the stars of the company. And, and, um, and, listen, know, and, let's say, and to be quite honest, Moxie will have no problem taking staples for AEW as well. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> literally. yeah, literally. Yeah, literally. Um, yeah, I mean, those two, I mean, what? where would this company be without oh, them, dude, you know, man. especially John Moxley. Moxley, he's, freaking, that he's dude, like the MVP. Bro, that, that dude, I, first of all, I love Moxley so much, but just... Yeah. That dude, it's like when when everything is just failing on you, there's always that shining light of John Moxley that will strap the company on his back and he's like, I'm ready to go, coach. Like, that's just his yep. attitude with everything. And I love yep. that. And, you know, it's crazy that it took, like, the CM Punk release for now this card is actually starting to make sense now and we're going to get to the pay-per-view how, like, you know, it might have not been the card that we wanted or necessarily needed, but then after the pay-per-view was all over, we we're like, holy fuck. And, but let, let's get to that. So Collision was dope. I had a great time at Collision. I do have one note, though. Tony, if you're listening to the show, okay? Listen, TK, I love you. All right, I don't always agree with your booking, especially the women's division. But TK, you're a great guy. I, I, I love you. I got love for you, TK. Here's the thing. You got to do something with these Ring of Honor tapings. Because let me tell you, after you coming from a, such a high on Collision. Because listen, Collision was a great show. We were happy. We are on such a high. Then you give me like a over an hour taping of, of Ring of Honor. You got to fix this, man. Like, I think what they need to do, and I get it. They're doing it for costing measures and stuff like that. I understand that from a business standpoint. But also, you got to understand that you're killing the vibe in the crowd with some of these Ring of Honor matches, right? So what I think they should do is, you want to tape one hour Ring of Honor? That's fine. No problem with that. But to send the crowd home happy... Give us like a like a superstar dark match where you have like like a crazy eight man tag with like some of your A listers both in AEW and Ring of Honor. Do something like that, like and an you, incentive to stay. Yeah, you do that and you announce that ahead of time. So we're like, okay, you know what? Let's just stick through this Ring of Honor taping, or whatever. Whoever wants to stick around, they can stick around. Blah blah blah. And then we get at least like a dope main event, and that's like our prize at the end. Like you yeah. got to do that because man, these Ring of Honor tapings are brutal. And then on top of that. You know, I can't stand people that just don't know when to shut the fuck up in the crowd and when they just start saying, like, just ridiculous shit. And there was this one drunk dude that was just, like, on Aubrey. Like, Aubrey, I love you. And clearly he was a little bit fucking drunk. Like, I get it. But, man, he just wouldn't shut the fuck up. And he was, like, he wasn't letting people, like, enjoy the matches or whatever. And at one point I just snapped at this dude. And I'm like, yo, can we get Cash Wheeler back out here so he can fucking shoot this fucking guy? <laughs> and I got a pop from the crowd, and then I was like, "Listen, this is the definition of what a virgin looks like." Oh my god! He finally left. <laughs> okay, <laughs> he finally left. But I just everybody, can't... everybody started should have started chanting, "Thank you, Mario." <laughs> I just got so annoyed because this dude want to shut the fuck up, man. Like I can't I, listen. If you don't like a match. All right, and listen, I'm not necessarily one of those to be like, oh, to go take a bathroom break, especially like on women's matches, right? But like, if you don't like a match and you see other people are enjoying it, just go step away or just go on your phone, do something. Like you, don't, listen, just let other people enjoy the match. Don't, 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 yeah. 
don't interrupt other people's like enjoyment, man. Don't be that guy. Don't be that dick. It's the worst part about going to shows live, man. Sometimes the experience with other fans, you know, just people don't know how to act around other people in a public setting. Like, you know, it's just, uh, I mean, most of the time when I'm at a show, I'm like, I'm quiet, you know, I'm just right. enjoying it. Yeah. And sometimes I don't even chant. Sometimes, you know, I'll clap here and there, but sometimes I don't even like do any of the chants because I just like sit there and I just like enjoy it to myself, you know? Like, I don't right. know, man. Some people just don't understand that. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I, I just, I just don't get. How you go to a wrestling show, or just in general, anywhere, a live event, a concert, a game, and you just go there to have a bad time. I never understood that. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, what are you paying for then? Like, I don't, like, I don't know. It'll never make sense to me. Yeah, really, it doesn't. It doesn't at all. But, okay, let's get to the final day, Sunday, all-out day. We ended up having, we didn't have to wake up early, so we got some sleeping. You know, thankfully, we didn't have to wake up early for anything. We got some sleeping, and then we ended up... uh, Going to another establishment in Chicago, can't think of the name. I think it was an Italian restaurant. It was great, though, okay? Um, I can't think of none of these names. Only Fat Rosie's. That's the only one I remember. That's and Mindy's, though. You were on a roll for a little bit. And Mindy's, and Mindy's. Obviously, you can't forget Mindy's, the infamous Mindy's. All right, you're, you're, like, you're like two for five. It's all right. Okay, so we went to this establishment, an Italian restaurant. The food was amazing. Um, the drinks were great, too. They had, like, a DJ in there, too. Um, it was just a great establishment. I loved it. And what I also loved about it is that just on the way to this um, this restaurant, there's like so much Chicago street art. And I'm a big fan of Chicago street art. Like, I just love shit like that. I love, you know, even if it's not in Chicago, just street art in general. Like, I just love it. So I was taking pictures of that. And then we went to the restaurant. We had a great time. And then afterwards, I think some of the girls wanted to get like ice cream. So we went to some ice cream place. I did not get any ice cream. And then afterwards, um, we passed by one of those street arts that I was telling you about. And it was like, hey, we should take a group picture then. And then he's like, who's going to take the picture? I was like, oh, don't worry, I got this. So I ended up putting my phone on a car, and I kind of just timed it. I put the timer in it, and we ended yeah, up taking yeah. the picture. Self-timer, yeah. Self-timer, blah, blah, blah. And then we were on our way to the United Center, okay? Now, I told you. I told you specifically. I was like, listen, I ain't going to do Penta this year. I'm going to represent my boys. And my boys are the Young Bucks. I went straight in fucking matching shirt and shorts gimmick. Dude, <laughs> I, I have a lot of questions. Okay. Where did you find this? I mean, that outfit couldn't have been more on point. <laughs> Listen, I was told by someone recently who's become very, very close to my life. This person told me, you know, you are a fashion risk taker because you have no problems just taking risks when it yeah, comes to yeah. like just putting stuff on. And mm-hmm. I didn't take that as an insult, and then she and she didn't mean no, it as no. an insult either. She just said like you, you know, I respect that how you're like just a fashion risk taker, and I I didn't put much thought into that until she said that to me, and I'm like, I guess I am kind of a fashion risk taker. I guess I just kind of just wear certain shit, and if it goes, it goes, right? Yeah, yeah. Why not? So I okay. So follow up. It did go perfect. Oh, you thank you, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I appreciate, it. I appreciate it. So I want to represent, like, why not? Give me all the heat. I want all the heat in Chicago, right? And CM Punk country. I'm going to be full dressed young buck. So I ended up finding this online. I actually found it on, I want to say it was Amazon. I could be wrong, but I was like on a mission trying to find this because I wanted something that could if it wasn't like identical to something that the Young Bucks wore, I wanted something to be very similar. And I know Matt Jackson wore something similar to shirt-wise, but I yeah. wanted the matching shorts and the shirt. And I and I found it. And I found it. And I fucking loved it. Dude, I I how did you, you even? What did you even search? So there's this thing on a, on a on on an Android phone 
where if you screenshot something, it kind of gives you like there's a little eye contact in your phone where you could like specifically look like on a Google search on what like it's an image shirt and you could Google exactly what you want to look for, right? So I think I'd like screenshot like a whole bunch of Young Bucks pictures and I was screenshotting like their outfits and that's pretty much how I ended up finding it. Wow, that is a nifty little little tool there. I did not even know you could do that. That yeah. is I mean I don't have an Android, but uh wow. Yeah. So that's how I ended up finding it, and and it wasn't even expensive, too, the outfit. And I don't know, man. I think this might be a thing for every All Out, wearing a gimmick yeah. like that. Like, just a yeah. different one every year. Just a different one, yeah, yeah. And, and who knows throughout the like throughout this next year what the Young Bucks are going to break out next, right? right. So you might, you might have, like, you might get something for next year that they haven't even worn yet on yeah. TV, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude. So it just, it kind of just fit perfectly. I got so many, like, um... <laughs> like props and people were like holy shit dude, the outfit looks like people great. at the show like yeah what, like, they, knew, they like, like they already knew like they i got yeah. like a lot of these and then oh my god here's, the, here's another thing too i'm such a jerk okay <laughs> because when they announced the cm punk release right both they could like i was in the car like we were finding parking and i see some of the some of the fans like wearing cm punk shirts or whatever right i was blowing down the window like, take that shit off he ain't at the show <laughs> Oh boy, man, that's in Chicago of all places. Oh man, listen, I wanted, I wanted all the heat, bro. I wanted you were Jack Perrying yourself there. I wanted all the fucking heat, man. But uh, yeah, okay. So all out happened. We we get to all out, and listen, as much as there were some CM Punk chants, I will say that most of the Chicago crowd was definitely like shutting that shit down. When a CM Punk chant, I don't know how it came off on TV, but once a CM Punk chant started to break up or like started to like you know like get loud yo some of the fan base was just like straight booing it was like nah take get that shit out of here like turn that shit off so um i really enjoyed that i really enjoyed that and i think a lot of us um whether people were coming to chicago to visit or people are from chicago and just are fans of the young bucks and the elite i think we wanted to like let our voice be heard like and listen i know the young bucks ended up getting like a a mix maybe close to a boo reaction when they came out but you know, some of us were cheering for the Bucks and, you know, cheering for the elite and saying, like, hey, man, like, yeah, we get this as CM Punk country or whatever, but, like, you know, we love you guys too or, you know, we support you guys. You're the ones that are here, not him anymore. And there was yeah. moments during the night, especially during, the, like, the Young Bucks FTR versus the Bullet Club Gold uh, match where people were not, you know, they were, they were just not happy with the Bucks. And yeah, me yeah. and my best Matt Jackson impersonation – I stood up and I was like, oh my God, CM Buck's not here. Boo hoo. Cry me a river, Peckerheads. Like, I was just like doing shit like that. And keep in mind, I'm fucking wearing Young Bucks, dressed like a Young Buck. So people were not happy with me. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I, I only did that for that match, obviously. But yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that's, that's the only, um, from what I heard, you know, while watching the pay per view um, with, you know, some of my buddies, that's the only time, like, the crowd, like, came alive when it came to like the CM Punk right, chance right. And, and stuff like that throughout the rest of the night. Like I didn't, I, I, on TV, you know, I'm sure maybe in the arena it's different, but on TV there was no like uh, noticeable CM Punk chance or anything like that mm -hmm. until obviously the Bucks came out and then there was just mixed reactions. But right. I mean, that's what you're going to get in Chicago with the right, Bucks right, right. From, here, from here on out, like from even next year, right. even five years from now, the AEW still running shows in Chicago. Like, People are still going to boo the young bucks because you know they're CM Punk guys and gals, and yeah. that's just how it is in CM Punk country. So, um, you know, even like 
Um, that girl that is. Oh, I'm glad you brought this up. Orange hair. Yep. She was in every shot that the Young Bucks were in. Obviously, front row, camera, you know, side, whatever, giving them the finger, all that stuff. And then, obviously, seems like she was bullied on on Twitter and uh, or maybe even in person too. Hey, 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 girl with the red hair. Congratulations, you played yourself. And here's why. And this kind of goes back to the CM Punk thing. Okay, if you could dish it out. Then you should yeah. be able to take it. Even his fans are soft. Dude. Not even just him. Listen, for all the CM Punk fans that were crying the blues, just cry me a river, all right? Cry yeah. me a fucking river. Where that yeah. that was actually a chant at the show. Cry me a river. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah. man, you guys are sensitive as hell. Listen, it's a, I get it. You don't like the Bucks anymore, or you just don't. But listen, I'm I'm almost positive. Some of y'all were AEW fans before CM Punk showed up, okay? Yeah. And now you now you're upset because CM Punk is gone, and now we're just going to boo the Young Bucks. We're going to boo Kenny Omega. We're going to boo Hangman Page. But they're still there, okay? So no matter how much you boo, they're still going to be there. Punk's not what there no more. Dude, what did they even do? Like, it was all CM Punk. He started the scrum, and then they ended up fighting him after that. But it's not like they just went in there and fought him for no reason. Like, what did the Young Bucks do that people hate the Young Bucks? When I, and I quote, if you have a problem with me, let's fucking go. What does that mean? I'm inviting yeah. all the smoke if I'm saying something like that. Listen, do, does Punk, and I, and I said this on a post about Punk's release. Do I think Punk had made some points of things changing within AEW? Absolutely. But the way he handled things was the wrong way to do it. This is a guy that built most of his career. You can even say his whole career on going rogue. Breaking the fourth wall. He built his career doing that. Yet when other people do it, he gets offended. Come on, man. You can't be that way. You can't be that way. Listen, and this is coming from a punk guy. I love CM Punk. I still got love. Even with all this, and people think I'm crazy for it, I still don't think CM Punk's a bad guy. I just think... Maybe, you know what my man needs to do? He needs to smoke a blunt. That's what he needs to do. <laughs> he needs to chill out, smoke some weed, maybe eat an edible, and just relax a little bit. But we're going to get to some more CM Punk later. Let's get to the show. Overall, what did you think of All Out, Ryan? Exceeded expectations, like everybody's saying. I mean, listen, and I, I think, you know, the last episode that we recorded last week before All Out, mm -hmm. you know, we said this too, or I, I, you know, I think we both agreed that the show is going to deliver. I mean, the AEW shows deliver, especially pay-per-views. Um, the wrestling is always top-notch. Even if you're going into a show and you don't think a card's that great, you're coming out of it being like, wow, I mean, it was, it was enjoyable. I knew this was going to happen. Um, so I'm not really surprised, but I'm glad it, it ended up being a good show, obviously, for your sake and for everybody else, you know, who went to Chicago and spent money on it and, and were... Because there's nothing worse then buying tickets to a show, being hyped for said show for months, and then right. the card comes out, and then you're like, ugh, uh, like you got to Chicago, same. and you and everybody are like, ugh. Like Yo, the, this, card the card is looking kind of suspect. It's looking kind of yeah. sus. And that's the worst feeling because, again, you're flying there. And, of course, all the other stuff you mentioned, obviously, even if the show did end up sucking, I'm sure you would have looked back on the weekend and said, wow, that was a fantastic weekend because you did so much other things. Mm -hmm. But, obviously, the show being good is the cherry on top, and that's what you want because that's what you're going there for. So I'm glad for you guys and for my brother and everybody else who went there that the show ended up being good. So, yeah, listen, I enjoyed it. I, you know... And I guess it will be a memorable AEW show now because of some of the matches. I mean, even even like 
two of the matches got five star ratings from Meltzer. Yeah, you know, listen, whether you want to think of right, right. Uh, those star ratings as important or not, obviously it means something. It holds weight in the community because people freaking you know hate when he doesn't give a match a five star rating. So he gave two of them uh, out during this pay per view. So yeah, I mean it's gonna be looked at, looked at as as like a. I guess maybe a fresh start for the company, you know, Every, you know, CM Punk's departure and everybody felt more motivated and delivered in a big, big way. I, I forget who it was. I want to say it might have been like Aubrey Edwards or Powerhouse Hobbs. I forget who said this, but this is how I feel about All, All Out. All Out was a fantastic pay-per-view, top to bottom. I thought every match delivered. My favorite matches was Mox and Cassidy, Omega and Takeshita, and then Starks and Bryan. Those three matches, amazing. But the whole card, I enjoyed. I enjoyed the show from top to bottom. With that being said, they made a comment saying, like, yeah, All In was the bigger show and the historical show, but All Out was the cooler show, and that's what I think it boils down to. That that fucking rowdy atmosphere, Chicago was fucking off their seats from top to bottom. They reacted to every single fucking match or whatever, and then coming from this fucking breaking news that CM Punk is no longer with the company anymore, and going back to what I said... That main event between Cassidy and Mox made more sense after the Punk release because you have Cassidy holding the secondary championship that being on an incredible run facing his biggest foe in John Moxley. And their main eventing there up until All In, All Out was their biggest pay-per-view, right? Now you can make the argument that All Out is their second biggest pay-per-view, right? But that main event felt like a big deal, man. And you saw... a Listen, cat. Listen, if you put, if someone's to tell you, listen, Orange Cassidy's making my top ten list of wrestlers of the year. I'm not gonna argue on that because he probably will. He'll probably even make our top ten list, mm. right? He's been on such a fucking run. He's put on incredible matches, and now he closes out a pay per view with Moxley for this title. That title got elevated to like, like to me now it's like a one B title. Yeah, I mean, it surpassed the TNT title. Yeah, oh, absolutely. A long time ago. Like, that, the AEW has done a great job elevating that title, and that international championship feels like a big deal to me. Yeah, yeah, totally, and that's a huge credit to Orange Cassidy and everything that he did with it, and I think Mox is going to be a great champion as well. 1,000%. I I do have, you know, there are, so there are a couple things. One being... um, you know, Tony Khan came out after at the pay-per-view in, in the scrum, and he was like, you know, yeah, I heard the chatter online. You know, everybody was talking about how the build for this pay-per-view was terrible. You know, it ended up delivering. See, like, that's why every single time somebody complains about the build, it ends up delivering. He said something along the lines of that. Yeah, that's great, but I don't want this to just be the common theme right. of AEW pay-per-views where they build a, a pay-per-view card in two weeks. Uh, you know what? It kind of felt like two days, <laughs> Oh, well, for this one, yeah, because you had all in right. the week before. It felt like but usually, yeah, usually the one, like, watch, uh, the next one coming up, Full Gear, they're going to build that in two weeks, okay? Uh, uh, wrestle Dream, uh-huh, Wrestle oh, Dream. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, that one, too, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that one's probably going to be... That, that's for Dora Jace. Yeah, right, so, like, the build, and I, I give them a pass on build when it comes to that, if it's right. New Japan, AEW, mm-hmm. I get that. But if you know you have a pay-per-view coming up, like, they know. It's already on the calendar. November or whatever it is. They already announced full gear. Mm-hmm. So you know it's coming up. And they're, they're still going to build the card in two weeks. Whether it's good or whether it's bad, their argument can't be, well, we know it's going to deliver. Because we all know that's going to deliver. Well, we, I know it. You we, know it. We, we knew this show was going to deliver. We want stories. We yeah. want build. 
why did AEW go away from what they were so good at? You remember like early early AEW? Remember MJF and Cody Rhodes the build to that with the with the whipping and Cody uh, doing the cage match against Wardlow? Like he had to go through all these like different uh, stipulations Stunts. and stuff just to get to MJF. The storytelling for these pay per views used to be so freaking good. Like you're still asking people to pay fifty bucks for it. Like I don't want to just buy a show just because I know the wrestling is going to deliver. Like I want to buy a show because I'm invested in the stories. So. That's a, a big problem that I still have, and I, hey, I'm glad this show delivered, but when it comes to like the storytelling, there was no storytelling. Nope. I mean, dude, Brian Danielson and Ricky Starks, five-star match. It was excellent. Probably no one of the stories. And no stories. I've ever seen. Brian Danielson is beating the shit out of Ricky Starks like this man had an affair with Brie Bella. Like, the, the story, they literally built this in 24 hours. <laughs> Like, 24 hours prior, this match got announced, and Brian Danielson is beating the shit out of Ricky Starks. For what? Why? Like, there, you just don't, like, just no storytelling. You know so what? I enjoyed the match, but, like, why was he beating the shit out of Starks? Why does he have an issue with Starks? Now, so, listen, and, and I'm just putting my, my head in, like, an AEW diehard that just will break it down to you, Ryan, that just thinks, like, oh, well, this is just... The match was just the catalyst to the actual story because now we're going to actually get a story between Ricky Starks I, and Brian. I hate that. And, but, but you know that's what an AEW loyalist yeah. is going to say. But that makes that so backwards. You don't kickstart a match. To, you don't right, have right, a match to kickstart listen, a feud. Right. <laughs> it's just not how it works. Or right. That's not, not how it should work. It shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be that way. No, I, listen, I, I agree the minority. Like, no, 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 I enjoyed no, the match. I, I'm with you. On, you without, this can be the common thread every pay-per-view. Oh, you know, you, you know, you guys are worried about the bills or whatever, but the pay-per-view delivered. It shouldn't be that way. Like, yeah. we already know that the pay-per-views are going to deliver, right? More often than not. The thing is, it's like we want story. We want build. Especially when you have them so so far apart. You have them so spaced out. It's not like you're WWE and you have a pay-per-view every single month. Maybe now they're they're starting to you know creep oh, up we, to. We them. got we got Wrestle Dream now. We got so, Wrestle yeah Dream. between that and essentially Grand Slam is almost like pay per view. Oh yeah, Grand Slam like, is pay per view. Jace, you know. Yeah, like you're gonna you have a lot of events now, but like for the four main ones at least, let's have a little bit more build. You know, you know they're coming. Like right. you know far in advance. Like Tony Khan should have an idea right now what the full gear main event is. Like you can't tell me he has no idea. You know, so that's what I'd like to see change a little bit and you know again i didn't want to I'm so much chatter online um you know after all out that was one of the best AEW shows it was so good and i did not want to rain on anybody's parade and because again i did enjoy it myself but it's now just listen, like with you. listen like, both all in and all out are are pay-per-views that i noted as like pay-per-views that i want to talk about at the end of the year to break out to 10 yeah. right like i both of yep. them delivered you know and all out had no business no business to be a pay-per-view that we would consider like, yo, this is one of the best pay-per-views of the year going into it. But then that pay-per-view did deliver. But that should not be the commentary. Give us stories. Yep. Give us build. And don't give us building the stories just two weeks before the pay-per-view. Or in this case, two days before the pay-per-view. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was... No, yeah. It, was, it was just a mess. But, um... Yeah, so what was your favorite matches of, of, of the night? Or anything that you that just stood out to you? Oh, yeah. It was the same ones you just mentioned. The mm-hmm. uh, the main event I thought was great. Mox and Cassidy, they killed it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was hilarious, though, how... Uh, Orange Cassidy was the one that was bleeding profusely yeah, throughout not the Mox. matches. Mox, you know, not Mox. Um, <clears throat> and then, obviously, Brian and, and Ricky Starks. I mean, God, that was one of the most violent matches I have ever seen, I think, ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been watching wrestling for over 15 years now, and, and that was just insane. Um, and then I thought Kenny and Takeshita, of course, I mean, killed it. Yep. And um, 
I was kind of surprised to see Takeshita get the win completely clean, but hey, man, good, I love good, it. Yeah, you know, good Kenny for him. Puts him over, good for and him. now let's see where they take him now, you know? I mean, uh, it's funny. Meltzer was actually mentioning this, and he's right. <clears throat> the tournament that they have coming up, uh, from the Grand Slam tournament, it's so funny how, like, Tony Khan's obsessed with doing these tournaments, right? And I, I love a good tournament myself. But you have guys in this tournament that, like, have no business being in this tournament. Like, they made it completely obvious with who's going to win here. Where's guys like Takeshita, who literally just is coming off a huge win against Kenny Omega? Hangman Page. Like, Hangman Page. Hangman Page, who just won a Battle Royal. Right. I understand you don't want to beat these guys. You got to find a way to work around that, though. You know, make these tournaments be a little bit more prestigious. Because now, with Takeshita's win against Kenny Omega... Is, where's he gonna go from there? Listen, right? I, I, I he didn't, just has to go up, but listen, I didn't need Darby. I didn't need Nick Wayne. I didn't need yeah. Jay Lethal. Like Darby's coming off a loss on pay per view right. in the tournament. Like listen, I, I, listen, the direction is. Go, I'm listen. I'm totally fine with Roddy and Samoa Joe. First of all, Roderick Strong, just what he's doing, Adam, oh, Adam. Oh, dude, with the neck brace, like it just. It cracks me up. It's so nuts because I was thinking about this on the way over here, Leo. I was thinking about mm-hmm. Roger Strong, how in Ring of Honor, he had no character, okay? When he was in NXT, he had no character. He was just the, the other guy in the Undisputed Era. Great wrestler, not taking nothing away from, from that, but he was just the other guy in the Undisputed Era. Yeah. He's now in AEW, fitter. all right? He's now in AEW, and it took a fucking beat down from Samoa Joe and a neck brace <laughs> to finally get some character development with Roger Strong. He's some of my... Just anything that has to do with Roger Strong, whether it's a backstage, an in-ring promo, the vignettes, the neck brace. On top of he's also a great wrestler, right? I, listen, I'm hooked on phonics here. Wait, I am hooked on Roger Strong. Is he like D Malenko? D Malenko or Jace? But like, <laughs> I, I do like I do do like this gimmick that Roger Strong is doing, yeah. and then just the kingdom like consoling him. I think it's hysterical. Oh yeah, I mean it's. It's great how he's how he's playing a, a crucial part of the story. Adam, sense. Adam, are you just it's gonna so let funny. him talk to me that way? <laughs> and I also love the other two guys in the kingdom being involved in this 1, too. One thousand percent. They, they have so... a connection to Adam Cole, right? You know, as well. So I think. Listen, I don't think he's gonna win the the tournament. I think there's gonna be maybe Adam Cole costs Roddy right. the match, and maybe we get Adam Cole and Roddy at Grand Slam or something like that. Right. Because um, I do I do think Samoa Joe's winning at this point. Um, but I love how Roddy's so into this. And listen, like I thought it all in. I was convinced that Adam Cole was going to turn on MJF and join the kingdom. And Bro. now, I mean, it, it could still happen somewhere down the line, right. but they've got me invested in this to the point where I really don't know where they're going now. The, the MJF Adam Cole story is AW's version of the bloodline story. There's so yeah. many twists and turns that you don't know. You think something's going to happen and then boom, they swerve you. Yeah. Um, What's the best thing going on in wrestling right now? Because the bloodline story has definitely taken a back seat, in my opinion. Yeah. No, um, no, you're so right. You're right. And Adam Cole is the thing in wrestling right now that I can't wait to see where it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So some a couple more notes on on AEW. Let's talk about this uh, scrum. All right. You know, I mentioned how already did a phenomenal job in the media scrum. Um, but and I think I mentioned this in the past before. Some of the people that ask. These questions in these media scrums, man, it's just like, why, why do you have a microphone? Like, why are you even there? Yeah, they don't belong I don't know there. how they let these people in every single I just time. don't know. And I got a couple issues. I'm going to fucking name drop some people over here. Like, I'm going to just go off a little bit. Nick Hausman has to be the most toxic journalist in the world today. 
That yeah. motherfucker can't get CM Punk's dick out of his fucking mouth. That dude has such a hard-on for CM Punk. It's fucking crazy. Aridian told me that at the, at the scrum, that the second that Nick Hausman mentioned something about Punk, like the second, it's like the whole room was just like, oh. <laughs> like not this oh, guy. Oh, that's man. amazing. Everybody it's, else just sees it, too. It's a, and, and the thing is, I don't think it's just us. Like, I get it. CM Punk acknowledged you a year ago. Motherfucker, that happened a year ago. That doesn't mean that in every fucking interview, even if it's not an AEW one, you have to mention CM Punk. Like, this guy just, he can't stop talking about CM Punk. Like, he now, he doesn't work for wrestling anymore. He does, like, his own shit called the House of Wrestling. Don't, just change the fucking gimmick. Don't even call it House of Wrestling anymore. Just call it House of Punk. Because all you fucking talk about is CM Punk. It's like five years from now, right? When he's at an AEW media scrum, he's going to ask Tony Khan, Hey, Tony Khan, I'd just like to know how you're, you know, taking handling things, you know, since it's been five years that CM Punk hasn't been with the company more. I just want to know how you change the system and come on, dude. What if Punk was here? Yeah, get CM Punk's dick out of your fucking mouth. We know you're a fucking biased journalist that fucking just projects your fucking story saying like, oh, well, the elite this and blah, 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 blah. Oh, Coca Banner's at fault. Like, dude, we know you're riding CM Punk. Maybe it's because you're from Chicago, just like CM Punk is. I don't know what your agenda is, but we know everybody could tell by your fucking articles and your fucking comments in these media scrums or whatever. I love the fuck that I love the fact that Tony Khan didn't even acknowledge Nick yeah. Nick Hausman and no they were just like no sold them and just went straight next question. Yeah. But we know that he has an agenda with AEW. When he was still in Wrestling Inc. a couple years ago, he had an agenda against Impact Wrestling. Don't know why, but he had an agenda now. What? <laughs> yeah. Now he has an agenda with AEW, and he's very anti-elite and very anti-Cocabana. Because apparently Cocabana bullied him in, in, in this improv comedy club that they were both in. Which I think every bullshit there. I think Nick Housen probably did something to piss Cocabana hey. off. I hope Cole Cabana just bullied him for no reason. <laughs> I just hope so because <laughs> dude, <laughs> that's great. Cole Cabana is my hero. Man. I used to, I, you, dude. I used to have respect for Nick Housen before, but within this last year, this guy has become so unbearable, bro. Even even at um even at the WrestleMania press conference, he was asking Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman about the Endeavor deal. Do you remember that? Oh, like, uh, yeah, yeah, I remember and, that. And then, yeah. And then Paul Heyman was like, uh, "He's a troublemaker. He's a troublemaker." Yeah, this guy's a troublemaker. Yeah. And then Roman was like looking at him. He's like, and he looks at Heyman. He's like, "Oh yeah, the improv guy, right?" Like, and but that just makes Hausman's head even bigger because Roman Reigns knows who he is now. I'm just like, oh my god, they need to deny this guy uh, a pass to get in. I mean, listen, they have authority. They have a say of who can have a media pass and get into these scrums and who can't. I saw JD from NY was was pissed that like uh, he must have been like blacklisted off uh you know by them or whatever because he wasn't invited to conference call or the media scrum or whatever listen if if he was kicked out okay and i know he's pretty vocal but at these press conferences i don't really remember him really even asking a question but i don't think he's one to like start shit like houseman at a press conference in front of tony khan right he does whatever he wants on his youtube channel but if you could blacklist him from all of this Get Nick Hausman out of here, man. Just don't let him into these things anymore. I'd rather listen to freaking Izzy, the the Bailey girl. Oh, Bring God. her back into the scrum over Nick Hausman. I mean, God, or I'm I'm glad Oridian's in there now because now at least you know hopefully Oridian can take this the permanent place there. 
with uh you know at any of the shows that she goes to. Listen, I've, I cannot stand this I guy. Every time Nick Houseman, uh, you know, uh, House of Wrestling, I'm dude, like, oh boy, what's he gonna dude, ask? Dude, it's so bad, bro. And I don't even think he even realizes that. Oh, he does. I, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, I think he does. He, he, dude, he's unbearable, bro. This guy. Every fucking thing he says has to do with CM Punk related. It's like, dude, shut the fuck up. It's over now. Punk's not in the company anymore. Stop bringing up CM Punk. Listen, if this guy, whether it's at Wrestle Dream or at Full Gear, if this, listen, if this motherfucker brings out another Punk question, I, I, dude, I don't know what to do. I, I might, I might personally try to get blocked by this guy. Like, I'm, I think I'm just gonna go like on a verbal, like just rant on social media and just fucking verbally attack this guy. I think, okay. I think I'm going to say, I think on Twitter, I should start too. Um, I'm going to give him one more chance. But, hey, nah, but he, has, but he don't deserve no chances, bro. This he honestly guy, don't. He honestly he, don't. He really but. doesn't. He's unbearable. And then the thing is, like, guys like Nick, and listen, I have my opinions about Meltzer too, because Mel, Meltzer plays the other side of the fence. Oh, everything that AEW, AEW is great. Oh, TK's a great booker. Oh, the Young Bucks are no fault in anything. Blah, blah, blah. He's, he's another one. But here's the thing with Meltzer. Even though, even though I don't like Meltzer, and he's very biased with his reporting too, at least with Meltzer, he's not necessarily always a dick about it, right? He doesn't. I don't. I don't. In his mind, I don't think he's trying to be toxic. Nick Hausman is just toxic. Yeah, yeah. I, it's listen. I would have after that CM Punk stuff. He, he. I guess he didn't really. I can't believe I'm actually going to defend him here. He didn't cause. The what happened last year at Brawl Out, right? Because CM Punk saw him and, and signaled him out and started the whole thing himself. Right. But the Cowsman didn't help. It, just his presence there didn't help. Um, he, after that, I would have just been like, listen, this guy's never allowed to come into the press conferences ever again. And the thing also, too, with Nick Hausman and some of the other fucking schmucks that are either wrestling journalists or... or How about know. that guy? I, uh, did you listen to the whole... Uh, watch the whole scrum? Bro, I was falling asleep during the scrum, but... They, they... Bro, there was a guy during that. I don't know who he was. I don't think he was anybody important because I'd never heard of him before. He asked Tony Khan about the rumors of the Jacksonville Jaguars being sold. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know Mark who asked Christian that. Christian is sitting right next to him. Like, bro, can you read the room? This is the not the time. I don't even think he should ask this later on. But if you wanted to ask it, ask it when it's just Tony Khan at, later on, like after all the guests are gone. Bro, I still don't think it's an appropriate question for a, a all-out media some scrum. Of these, some of these, like, some of these people that get access to the, they ask the stupidest fucking questions. Dude, it reminds me. It reminds me, and I mentioned this before. It reminds me after Money in the Bank, after Damian Priest wins Money in the Bank, he's holding a briefcase. Some fucking jack off asked oh, Damian Priest. Yep. Oh, you think Bad Bunny could return? Who's to say? Maybe he could join the Judgment Day. Why would you even ask a fucking question like that? Yeah. You yeah, yeah. fucking moron. That guy, too. That Oh, um, I can't he, stand that guy. I don't even people, know what his name some, is, but he's been popping up in all the WWE uh, press he, conferences. Here's the thing, I too. Here's the thing, too. I about, can't stand that Here's guy. the thing, too, about these people that ask just dumb questions or just, just try to ask these questions for clickbait or to, to cloud chase, right? They're also sensitive motherfuckers, too. The Nick Hausmans yep. of the world, the Righteous Regis of the world that fucking yep. either ask stupid questions or make stupid comments, and then when they get attacked on social media, oh, forget it, bro. They start crying with the hiccups, bro. They yep. don't, li- they don't yeah. like being attacked, but when they sit turn to talk shit, oh, that's clean. That's clean. No problem. 
See, I can't, I can't subscribe to none of that shit, man. I really can't. I got no patience yeah. for it. Maybe that's the reason why I'm in my own realm. Because I just have no... I can't subscribe to none of that, bro. Because I got no, no patience right, for it. I'm, I'm I have I'm no right patience for you. it. If somehow I get access to one of these scrums, you think I'm going to ask a stupid question like that? Come on, right. man. Right. It, yep. It's fucking ridiculous. It, it's really mm-hmm. fucking ridiculous. Thank God. And this is coming from an atheist. Thank God <laughs> that we have someone like Iridian now with some class, with some knowledge yeah. that will ask some good questions and scrums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her two questions were incredible. They, I mean, it blew away were, everybody They else. were gold. No pun. And, they and were also, fucking gold. She also got a little headline there, too, because she asked um, she asked Tony Khan about running Chicago, yeah. like yep. um, about the Now Arena and yeah. stuff, and he said next year at the United Center they're running something pretty yeah. big that he might not be able to book yep. it, so they might be going back to the Now Arena. Yeah. So she got a pretty big scoop. So See, That's a scoop. Hey, that's kudos a scoop to right Iridian. Yeah. That was a great question. So Really, really. Yeah, I mean, listen, we need a lot more people like her and a lot less people like uh like dick hausman oh he's such a fucking prick i can't stand him all right uh <laughs> let's wrap up with some just random AEW stuff all right let's talk about daniel daniel bryant brian Danielson's future uh he announced yesterday on collision that his time is coming up and that he wants to wrap up his career when his daughter turns seven which in my calculations i feel like that will be next may because his daughter's six right now, and I believe Birdie, which is Brie Bella's and uh, Brian's daughter, turned seven around that time. I could be wrong there, but I think it's May. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? And do you think just because he is teasing retirement, and let's say who's to say he should he should he should be the one to call it, whether he calls it a career in May, he does call it. Who's to say maybe it happens after Double or Nothing? Because Double or Nothing is towards the tail end of May. Let's say his last match happens at Double or Nothing. He retires. Do you think he still sticks around in a creative, like, uh, I guess, like, authority figure in AEW? Because Tony Khan at the scrum did say if anything was to happen to him, he would give the keys to Brian. And that's saying a lot. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of thoughts on this. I mean, listen, I'm not ready to say goodbye to Brian Danielson again. I mean, I know, we did man. it once. It was I so know. heartbreaking. I get it. I get it'll, it. It may be easier this time knowing that it's on his terms, so yep. he's the one calling it. But, I mean, man, I'm enjoying what he's doing so much in AEW, and I still feel like there's so much more to do. Um, I'm hoping that he just means full-time because in the scrum, you know, um, you know, Brian was a guest in the scrum, and him and Tony were talking, and he did say that Collision on Saturdays would work into his schedule yep. better than Dynamites were, would. So I'm hoping that it's just full-time, and he's just going to go balls to the wall for this next year and you know, work everybody that he wants to work because maybe even if he is on a part-time schedule, he may not get to work, you know, that person or whatever. He's just going to do whatever he wants to do and call his shots for the next year. And then after that, just come in whenever Tony needs him for like a big event or something here and there. Because, yeah, I can't just see him step. I mean, like I said, full-time I could see him stepping away. But like completely, I mean, the guy could still go. Like he's shown no signs of slowing down and he's not that old. I mean, it's totally his choice, but I hope that it's just full-time and that he still is wrestling on a part-time schedule. If not, if he is done in the ring completely, I would like to see him do something creatively for AEW. I still think he wants to be a part of the wrestling business. That's what I want. But that still entails him leaving his family and going to work, right? So if he can leave and go do that, why can't he wrestle, you know? 
Right. So, and, and especially if it's just Collision, if he's just creative for Collision, why wouldn't he be able to wrestle for Collision as well on Saturdays if he's still leaving his family to go work there? So, I don't know. There's a lot of question marks still up in the air. Um, who knows? This could all be just storyline still. I mean, I don't know. He did say this in the scrum too, that when, when his daughter turned seven, that he promised her that he would finish up on his career. So he didn't say as soon as she turns seven, he's retiring. Right. He just said when she turns seven, he'll start finishing up. So let's yeah, see what who, happens. Who's to say? It could be when you turn seven, right? But it could be like seven going into eight where she's still seven. You or, know what I'm saying? Or, yeah. Seven, yeah, yeah. or yeah, 17. Or 17. Look at 17. Yeah, now we're getting technical. Uh, well, this is what I think. At the, ultimately, it's Brian's decision, right? Whatever he decides to do, uh, I'm, I'm here for it. Because, listen, he has... His career has been up and down, and when I mean up and down, not that he has a, had a bad career, but like with the injuries, and then he had a, he was forced to retire, but then he made the ultimate comeback, and then he does something completely like out of nowhere. Fucking he mains event, he he's the main event of WrestleMania. What was it, thirty seven? And then that same year, he shows up in AEW. What the fuck? Like who would have called that? And now he's in AEW, and clearly TK loves this guy so much that he trusts him with the company. So. I think my biggest concern is, like, whatever decision he wants to make, that's on him, right? I'm going to respect it. I love Brian. He's great. He's a great guy. I, my concern is, if he does call it a career, whether it's around his daughter's birthday or after his daughter's birthday, right? Because now, you know, you kind of you kind of put that thought in my mind where it's like, at the age of seven. At the age of seven, that's a whole year. That could happen at any time, right? So that's what yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. That could happen at any time. Listen, listen, I'm going to retire, honey. But I'm retired when you're seven. Not when you turn seven. It could be at some point between seven and eight. Okay? So yeah. my biggest concern now is when he does hang it up, whenever that may be, I still want him to play a part in whether it's creative or like backstage role. Whether it, it, Hopefully it's just collision, you know, because he did say that Saturdays work best for him, right? I just think it just, to me, Brian being backstage just brings a lot of positivity to AEW. And I want yeah. that to continue. And also Brian's a creative mind where it's like, all right, if I feel like I'm in my last hurrah in my career and I can't go anymore, even though we all know he still could go, right? But if he's like, you know what? I just don't want to jeopardize my body anymore. Maybe I could be a creative mind just backstage for other people. You know what I'm saying? Or who's to say, right? He hangs it up, but he still is like the, he's still like kind of like the voice of the, of the BCC, right? Like, maybe he just takes kind of like a manager role type thing. He could also do that, too. So, yeah. that's what I still want. I still want Brian to stick around in AEW, ultimately. That's, regardless of what he wants to do, I still want him to stick around. That's my concern. Me, too. And I know Tony Khan obviously wants that as well. So, listen, the decision is up to him, to, Dan to Brian Danielson. I know he loves being there. He talks about how much he loves AEW all the time. So, I guess, you know, we'll just wait and see what happens. There's... I know a lot of people are going to start speculating, but there really is no reason to speculate. You know, let's just enjoy him now. You know, he gave us a little warning, a little hint, a little teaser. Let's enjoy him now for, you know, this next year or this run that he's on right oh, now yeah. and see where it goes. Okay. So, all right. Um, so, Dynamite this week, I, I would like to get your opinions on this because this is how I felt. I felt, besides a couple peaks, I thought Dynamite was a very underwhelming show, and I thought it was a nothing burger. Not saying the action in the ring. That's not what I'm saying. I just said, coming from a hot show of All Out, I thought Dynamite was pretty much a nothing burger. There's a couple peaks, and one of those peaks was the MJF and Samoa Joe promo. Um, I really enjoyed the back and forth. The only thing I disliked, and this is my only knock on the, on the back and forth, 
is I felt like I feel like MJF. I hold them as such a high caliber when it comes to promo work. I love the NXT stuff, you know, the the back and forth between Joe and, and MJF with the kids stuff. I loved all that. I just thought MJF is such a creative mind. I think he could have done a little bit more better than the fat jokes, right? Like the ice cream yeah, line was yeah. smart. I love the ice cream line. The ice cream line was smart, right? And then yeah, Samoa yeah. Joe's response to it was great. But then just like the the Pillsbury though, I'm like, come on, Max, you could, you could be a little bit more creative than that. Like I, I just thought that was a little bit too cheap. Other than that, I enjoyed the back and forth. I enjoyed the physicality. And then the, the layer of Adam Cole showing up, right? Adam Cole shows up when MJF is getting attacked by Samoa Joe. But then when Samoa Joe was attacking Roderick Strong like two months ago, Adam Cole shows up after the beatdown. You know what I'm saying? So that's yeah. like another layer to that story too. Uh, what was your thoughts on this promo and just Dynamite so far? Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think, uh, I mean, it really does line up with MJF's gimmick, though. I mean, he's been fat-shaming people in the crowd, you know, right. for as long as he's been around, right? right. Um, so it fits his gimmick, you know, so I guess it's really just to be expected. But, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure he could have come up with something better. We still have some time, you know, mm -hmm. um, if, you know, we're going to get this match at Grand Slam. Uh, we still have some more time to build it, so maybe we'll get another promo that'll be a little bit more, a little bit different right, than, right. than this one. Um, but I enjoyed it. I'm I'm all in, man. I yeah. did not expect this this, is something. this uh, feud yeah. to happen right now. I did, honestly didn't expect this feud to ever happen, to be honest with you. Um, especially not for for the world title. So I'm all in on this. It's something fresh. It's something yep. new. So I'm here for it. As far as dynamite, yeah, it was a whatever show. You know, I mean, this is a kind of a common thing though. After an AEW pay per view, the upcoming the dynamite right after that is kind of just like yeah, you know, it's uh, it's nothing too special and. Most of the time, it's because, well, now they got to kill X amount of weeks before they have another pay-per-view. Right. But in this case, they have Grand Slam coming up. Uh, they have Wrestle Dream coming up. So these shows should be better uh, than they are. But listen, man, I think Collision is going to become the A show. Oh, I even yeah. CM Punk, it still was better than Dynamite for the however many months now that it's been on the air. Listen, it's the Collision um, Cowboy Show. Collision is my favorite wrestling show of the week so far. Yeah, and now I can say that, you know, without feeling like, oh, well, I'm disrespecting the elite by saying that because now they could show up on the show now too because it's there. It just felt like this last night's Collision felt so fresh yep. with the amount of names and, that were on there that it's like, wow, like this, it now feels like. I don't know how to describe it, though. It just feels like a breath of fresh air to see some of these talents on the show now um, getting their time to shine. There's no backstage politics. We don't got to separate this person from this person. It's just like whoever the hell wants to show up can. And I love that. Yeah, man. I, I enjoy Collision, too. I think also because it has, like, a little bit of an old-school uh, factor to it. Like, kind of like yeah. back in the day with, like, you know, how the show starts. You get, like, these uh, vignettes promos. and the, the promos yeah, and yeah. stuff. And There's a commentary team's different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, Collision, I love Collision, man. You know, it's the Bang Bang Gang show, you know, uh, Collision Cowboys. It's just, I love Collision. Collision's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of Collision, uh, um, Jay Cargill made her return. Yeah. Happy to see Jay Cargill. But I don't want to see this match because I feel like Jay Cargill returning and you're coming back to do the same thing. I feel like Jay Cargill should be elevated. She should go after the world women's title. Like, yeah. I don't want to see her, you know, because listen, everybody, even though Jay Cargo was a heel, people loved her, right? Like people are into her. So it's like, I would rather see her be involved in the world title picture instead of being involved back to the TBS title. Like I get it, you know, 
it seems like we're going to get another Chris Statlander feud. Well, now we're going to actually get a feud because Chris Statlander just showed up at double or nothing and just beat her in like two seconds. But now it looks like we're going to get a feud, which I'm, sh- I'm sure the feud's going to be fine, but in the match is going to be fine too. But I just feel like we could elevate Jake Cargill, man. Like, I don't see how we don't put the women's world title on her. Like, it'll chill look great in it. Yeah, yeah, no, I I agree. I would have liked to see her come back and just be like, all right, I'm doing something different. Um, it's really hard to book somebody like Jade Cargill, you know? I, I, I'm interested to see how they do it. I'm happy to see her back, but this rematch with Stat, it's like you're going to have her lose, obviously. I hope so, right? I mean, you have to give the TBS title back to her. I mean, that would just be... Awful. I don't want to see her do the same thing again. Well, I mean, listen, it's the AEW But how do you beat division. her? Yeah, it's the AEW women's division, so I won't knock anything. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. But how do you beat her? Yeah. Another roll-up? Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, and then even if she was going for the women's world title, I mean, she's, like, just her first opportunity, she would have to go over. I mean, how do you, how, how do you beat her? It's so difficult, and, um... Yeah, when you have somebody this dominant, that's those are the the types of things that you run into. So I don't know. I'm going to be interested to see how they book her moving forward. But nonetheless, I'm happy she's back. I never really had any doubts that she wasn't going to be back. You know, I know if some people have said, "Oh, you know, she's you know, maybe she'll go to WWE or whatever." Who knows? I don't know what her contract situation is. But I never really felt like she was going anywhere else. And and listen, like the women's division is a mess anyway. So if she did leave, it's you know. It wouldn't have been surprising. So, uh, but happy to see her back. Let's see how she's booked now. Yeah. So, Wrestle Dream, right? Um, I, I mentioned this to a buddy of mine yesterday. Yo, their Wrestle Dream logo looks too much like WrestleMania. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. It looks too much like the WrestleMania logo, but it's not here or there. there. We already got one match announced, and that's Zach Zabo Jr. versus oh. Brian Danielson. Um, this is a match we were supposed to get, what was it, like last year at Forbidden Door? We're going to get a Wrestle Dream. One match announced. I'm already excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I hate that the one time that Tony Khan is going up against the NFL, the Jets are playing on Sunday Night Football against the Kansas City Chiefs. Hey. I'm a big Jet guy. That's I know, a huge game. I know. I know. I know. Huge I game. And I get, uh, I get it. Yeah, I'm gonna have to find a way. I, I, I'm most likely will not be able to watch that live. Obviously, I'm going to watch it afterwards. But, um, yeah, my excitement level. Already, with just that announced match, mm-hmm. it's through the roof. And, um, you know, no better place uh, to do it, I guess, on a, on a show called Wrestle Dream to have a, a dream match that we've wanted to see yeah. since Danielson showed up in AEW. I, so. I, I hope, and you know what? I hope, like, that's, like, the trend. Like, give us dream matches. Like, I get Forbidden Door, you can also do that, too. But, like, with a Wrestle Dream title, like, that's the name of the show. Give us those type of matches. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I will say, though, I, I know he's doing the show to honor uh, the passing of a- Antonio Inoki. So maybe this is a one-off. And I hope it is because you can't have two Forbidden Door shows in one year. Because there's only so many dream matches you could possibly do. So save it for once a year. Don't don't blow it twice right. in one year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, but it, it is Tony, though. It is yeah, Tony. I know. I know. But... <laughs> Hey, listen, I'm, I don't think we're in any right to complain because the amount of wrestling and the amount of dream matches we are getting because of things like this, um, as a wrestling fan, man, you can't ask for anything more. The so. only thing I can think of, right, because he is, um, like like you said, he's honoring the show with Anoki, right? Unless 
I don't see this happening. I think it's always going to be like a New Japan related show. But unless his plan is to like always collaborate with like another company, like who's to say that next year he goes like AEW is going to make their debut in Mexico and we're going to do Wrestle Dream with AAA or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and yeah, like, it's possible. Like I'm thinking something like that. I mean, I'm not. Yeah. This is just like an idea out there. You know, yeah. because I know at the press come, I don't know if it was at all in or all out. Someone did ask like, Hey, when are you going to start hitting Latin America? Because you know, there's a, there's a hunger for AEW there too. Yeah. And yeah. I think MJF even said like, Oh, I love Mexico and he loves yeah. Mexican food and stuff like that. He, so and he Mexican, mentioned one of the stadiums he, over there. Yeah, yeah. He said he mentioned one of the stadiums over there. Cause you know, MJF is a student of the game, regardless if he tries to say that he doesn't acknowledge other wrestling companies and stuff, but he is yeah. a student of the game. So they did acknowledge that. So, I'm curious if that's something, whether it's Wrestle Dream or like something coming down the pike, where it's like, hey, maybe this is something we could do, you know? Yeah, yeah. Hey, that, anything's a possibility, I mm-hmm. guess, with Tony Khan. Oh yeah. Limit. So and he, and he wants to work with everybody, which mm-hmm. is uh, which is a great thing. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh let's end this with a bang, bro. Let's talk about our boy CM Punk again. <laughs> oh, do we have to? Listen, I just I, we need to we need to address uh. I guess, like, the speculation of CM Punk's future, right? Um, so, we don't know what... We just know he's released. We know he's terminated. He's no longer an AEW employee, which makes me think there could be a chance that there's really no... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, clause in his contract. I'm just speculating here. Maybe there is a clause in the contract. But let's say there isn't, all right? You got this big Survivor Series show happening... It's not really in Chicago, but it's outside of Chicago, so we'll say Chicago Jace, right? That's happening in November. What's your thoughts, Ryan? Do you think CM Punk is going to make his return to WWE? I do, but maybe not at that show in Chicago. But I do think CM Punk is going to be back in WWE. I just don't see how he doesn't at this point. I mean, listen, he had that meeting, or maybe not a meeting. He was visiting friends backstage at Raw not too long ago, right? Oh, yeah. Before he showed back up at A-Dub. Apparently, he had a conversation with Triple H there. I mean, I'm sure he had a conversation with Triple H. You can't be backstage there. And Triple H obviously got wind of it. And you can't tell me that neither neither guy talked to each other, okay? <clears throat> he apparently uh, squashed any beef that he had with The Miz, um, seemed like a pleasant, you know, visit. I know, you know, he had Zelina Vega recently saying that, oh yeah, like I, I love CM Punk. They have a great relationship. Um, I just don't see like, if CM Punk doesn't go back to WWE, what does he do? Is he just like, just going to chill on the couch for the rest of his life? Right? Like he's good. He made his money. He's just going to maybe keep doing the commentary thing that he's doing with MMA he's, that he does. I don't see that happening. He got a taste of the wrestling again. He's got that itch. He's got it back. I think he's going to want to stick it to AEW. And he's going to go back to WWE. And listen, the things that happen at AEW are not going to happen at WWE. They run a tighter ship. Okay. And the things that the backstage incidents, they're not going to fly there. Okay. I think people in WWE, and this is not a shot at people in AEW. But I just don't think people in WWE, such as like the talent, you know, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens. I know some people were saying on Twitter, well, Kevin Owens is friends with the Young Bucks, so he's not going to want to work with Punk. I don't think Kevin Owens is petty like that. 
There's money to be made. I think he's going to work with CM Punk in a heartbeat. Are you kidding me? Somebody just asked him in an interview recently if, if Finn Balor, if he would work with CM Punk. And he said he would work with a broomstick if they paid him. They're going to want to work with him. That's money. Okay? Anybody would kill to work with him. Dude, I think he's going to be back. A hundred percent. Like, I am so... I was confident that night he got fired. I said that he's going back. And I was confident in saying that. I don't see how he doesn't. And, dude, let me tell you, man... Him coming back to wrestling in AEW was shocking in itself. Him going back to WWE after nearly dying there, after going off on the Colt Cabana podcast years ago, burying them, after the lawsuit, after they fired him on his wedding day, after literally when he came back to AEW, he said he he took a shots at them like, oh, like I, I had to leave the place that got me sick in the first yeah, place. He took shots. Just shitting on them every single opportunity. What about the promo uh, to MJF on the TBS debut a couple of years ago when he said, you know, when MJF was talking about going to WWE, he's like, yeah, the grass ain't always green on the other side. If you want to go back and main event night four of a buy one, get one special, like taking shots at the two-night WrestleMania, him being back in a WWE setting, especially after the Fox thing on the backstage show, would be unbelievable and that is why in wrestling you legit have to say never say never because the things that happen in this business you just never never know nothing is ever out of the question never say never that's that's the thing that's the biggest takeaway never say never and listen i'm gonna get to see him punk showing up at WWE, right but also right why is gonna be exciting I'll be the first one to say it. it'll be exciting Jim showing up. It's also a big one of these. Congratulations. Because he talked all that shit about WWE and you're going to fucking return to it. You talked all that shit about WWE in your first run in AEW when you made your debut in your promos and this and that and all this blah, blah, blah. Taking shots at WWE and then you're going to return to the fucking place? That you was talking all that shit about? Listen, whether this happens at Survivor Series or it happens at the Rumble, because I think those are, to me, if I was a betting man, if CM Punk was to return, it would be those two shows, either mm-hmm. in fucking Chicago Survivor Series or the Rumble. Either show, if I hear this, I will lose my mind. Not, listen, I just listened to it in AEW. But now you're back at WWE and you hear this, bro, that crowd's going to pop. It doesn't matter what happened in AEW. That crowd is going to pop and I will pop too. Yeah, dude, honestly, like, and I think I'm going to enjoy him better in WWE too than I would in AEW just because there's no fine line. We're not picking sides here, right? The elite, young bucks, whatever, no backstage drama. I think, dude, I think... At the Rumble, he's going to come back. But, man, in Chicago at Survivor Series, there's going to be CM Punk chance. Oh, 1,000%. And they have gone away from WWE shows for a while, even when they run shows in Chicago. I don't, I can't think of recently when they when there's been noticeable CM Punk chance. They're coming back for that show. Oh, yeah. Damn, they're man. coming back. Damn, man. I kind of want to go to Chicago and, now. <laughs> I know. Listen, I know, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, uh. No, yeah, um, you have a place to stay, so you know. No, nah, but but listen, uh, it, it, the AEW and Punk thing just wasn't working, okay? And it was never gonna work. It, it just, you know, and like I said, Punk is not innocent for this, all right. But I will be lying to all of you 
if I didn't say I would not be excited for a CM Punk WWE return. But at the same time, and I know this won't happen to WWE because they run a tighter ship and they just won't play that bullshit. If you come yep. in there with like a toxic fuck and you're trying to change this, it's like they can't do that. There's going to be guys like Cody, Seth Rollins, and probably yep. AJ Styles, right? These locker room leaders that they respect or whatever. They ain't going to take that shit and then be like, you need to cool the fuck down. This ain't AEW anymore. Although a, although AJ Styles and CM Punk do not like each other either, but I do think they will be professional. No, they will be professional, right? Together. That's what I mean. Um, and listen, Rollins, Rollins, and also Punk. They, they, you know, Rollins said has had his words with Punk too. But I think they will be professional enough. And who's to say? Maybe Punk goes in there humble and just tries to make amends with people after everything that happened in AEW. Maybe he changes his ways. I don't fucking know, right? Who's to fucking say? Yeah. But listen, to say. That Punk's not a draw. And this is and listen, AEW's gonna be fine in all this. But to say Punk's not a draw and there's no interest level in Punk, I'll be lying saying all that to you. Cause I know there's an interest in Punk. Listen, I have interest in Punk returning to WWE. I think that would I think will be crazy. It'll be insane to watch. It'll be it'll be a moment to watch, just like his AEW debut. Him showing up at the United Center. It will be a moment in time to fucking watch. But yep. Punk can't be doing the same shit that he was doing in A-Dub. He can't. No, and he knows that, and I don't think he wants to. I, I mean, I, you know, like, again, I, I don't want... It's like beating a dead horse, mm-hmm. but I don't think he wanted this to ever happen in the first place, all right? right. Listen, Hangman Page went into business for himself on TV, started the whole entire thing, which okay? is, Which is a promo that went th- over everyone's head except Punk. Except for I, Punk, cause, right. Because right. I didn't know yeah. what the hell he was talking about. I thought it was just a promo. <laughs> Yeah, right. I, I had to go back and be like, wait, what did he even say? Because nobody even, you know, exactly. Except Punk. Punk was the only but one that got offended. If we're really getting technical here, Hangman threw the first shot. I don't think CM Punk ever wanted to go down this way either. So I don't think he's going to do that in WWE. I think he's going to, like I said, he's going to want to show AEW that, look, I'm not the problem everywhere I go, right? So maybe it was the elite that was the problem. Maybe it was all your childish roster members that was the problem. I think he's going to. I think he knows what what to expect here in WWE and and well, you know what? Just keep him keep him in a private bus. Give him like the Brock Lesnar type deal. Keep him in a private bus. Don't have only interact with the people he's working with, and that's it. That's it. Yep. That's it. That's how you solve yeah, all yeah. your problems. <laughs> all right, that's it. I think we covered everything we needed to cover. Yeah, major yeah, episode. Much major needed, much episode. Needed yeah, major episode. Leo, what's your thoughts on all this? It's good to watch wrestling. Uh, everything that happens with CM Punk at the end of the day, remember, this is a business. Mm-hmm. So what they're going to do is they're just going to bring him back. If he acts up, then he can just keep flip-flopping over. And then another company could start. Maybe he can go to Impact. Congratulations. You played yourself. <laughs> and that's it. All right. Uh, Ryan, give me your plugs then. All right. At Lucha Outsiders on Twitter. I did retweet um, the video that we were talking about before about with Mario Lowe and Iridian doing the the bang bang gang entrance mm-hmm. so uh um, want to go check it out i encourage you to go check it out it's on the twitter page i just retweeted it so uh give us a follow in the process as well so leo losradio.com if somebody wants to do a show or or planning to look into something like this losradio.com all right, you can follow me at Rated R since 87, but make sure you follow us at Lucha Outsiders everywhere. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Twitter X. Is Thread still a thing? Thread still a thing? It, Dude, I, it, I think it so lasts like a week. Like yeah, yeah. Short lived thing. Yeah. 
I, I still get notifications on threads, but like I'm I never I never I'm never on there. But you know, you give us a follow and all over this place. Uh this past week I have been trying to be a little bit more active on the page. I'm still trying to like find time for it. Um I know Leo, you've missed a lot in the last month, but like my oh, job has I've completely been, yeah. But I've been keeping up with the page yeah. and there's yeah. a lot of good stuff yeah. on there. Um yeah, so definitely give us a follow there. I wanna say we're gonna do a, an episode next week, next Sunday. Um, Leo? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Okay. So we'll do an episode next Sunday. And then the following weekend, I am not sure because it's because it's my birthday weekend. So we'll yeah. we'll, we'll figure it out right. from there. Woo. But next weekend we will do a show. So uh yeah, that's it. Um if you miss anything or everything on today's episode, make sure to download and subscribe to the podcast version of the show. I iTunes, SoundCloud, you want to be fancy, Apple Podcasts, tune in, La Mesca App, LosRadio.com, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast needs. And that is it for the old man Leo. Yeah. <laughs> for our Double Ryan Radar. Yeah. I am yours truly, Mr. Radar. Till next time, keep it Radar and stay too sweet. Goodbye. And good night.